It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There is only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's it. One more. Get it right. No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days, they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this, this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy Beanie. You're not even a has-been. You're never was. You're never was. December 15th, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the sports. Loudmouth. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have our app, and you might, you might not, well... That's tough luck because the app isn't working. But you could go to our website. It is working. All the different shows that we have on our network, you could check it out. Our show, The Sports Loudmouth, which is on and it airs live every single Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. And all the different shows from our Jet show, our Buffalo Bills show, our betting show, all our shows are on our network. And all you have to do is check it out at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Dot com. Speeder, what's up, man? Excited to have two guests that might have been at some point when I was in high school and college on my fantasy football teams. Mm. Yes, we do. And one of my favorites for the New York Jets in the Rex Ryan era. Uh, we will be talking to, at 9.15, the New York Jets ex-running back, Bilal Powell. He'll be joining us at 9.15. And at 10 o'clock, we will be talking to former 49ers. Commanders and Bears wide receiver Josh Morgan. So a great star stunning show. We'll, we'll we will get into a lot of football. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, at eleven o'clock we will have the great and powerful world of mountains. Yes, Derek Mountain will be joining us, ladies and gentlemen, as always. And and Derek should be very excited because uh, me and him tied last week, eight and five, and Speedy at seven and six. So a five hundred week. For all of us, over 500. So great, great things as everybody is expecting a really big show. And we are too. Um, we're going to get into the Yankees signing their big time free agent. And it's not Aaron Judge, ladies and gentlemen. It is Carlos Rodon to a six year, $162 million contract. So the Yankees get their pitcher, they get their player. They arguably got the best, well, they had the best offseason as they added the best player and the best pitcher available. Their own player, Aaron Judge, and then Carlos Rodon, who was the Giants, San Francisco Giants pitcher. He used to play also for the Chicago White Sox. So uh, very excited for the New York Yankees. Uh, great contract by Brian Cashman. For all the Yankee haters out there, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not the Yankee haters, the Brian Cashman haters that can't stand him as an, own, uh, an owner, as a GM, well, what a deal. He, he just landed. Uh, he, I know it's a six-year deal. I know it's a, a no-trade clause, but you're adding one of the better pitchers in baseball, one of the better lefties in baseball, which in Yankee Stadium, you need a power lefty, and they got one. Uh, the last one was CeCe Sabathia for the New York Yankees. Mike White says he 
he'll play, no doubt. I, I don't know why you put that, Speedy. He will play, and that is no doubt. Uh, I expect him to play. I don't know if he's 100%. I don't know if he has bruised ribs, broken ribs, fractured ribs. Nothing has come out by the New York Jets organization. Uh, Zach Wilson was moved up as the backup. The questions will be answered on Sunday. Um, NFL PA says they will consider making roughing the passer calls reviewable. That is a great move for the NFL because there's a lot of them this year that were absolutely uncalled for, including the New York Jets against the New England Patriots, Franklin Myers, which ruined the game and and really put the Jets in uh, highway to hell with the New England Patriots in MetLife Stadium. So uh, I think this is a good move by the NFL. If this does go through next year, it's something that they should be looking at. Micah Parsons takes shots at Jalen Hurts in regards to him being the favorite for MVP. First of all, and I like Michael Parsons. I think he's a great player. He's one of the best pass rushers in the league. He is defensive player of the year in my book. Jalen Hurts is the MVP. What are you arguing? You you think Dak Prescott is the MVP of the NFL right now? Jalen Hurts has been the best quarterback throughout the league all season long. His statement was, is it Jalen Hurts or is it the team? Was his exact statement. (laughs) Jalen Hurts is the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's be honest. If Jalen Hurts wasn't the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, are the Eagles the best team in the NFL? The answer is no. Jalen Hurts deserves all the accolades. Jalen Hurts has the wheels, he has the arm strength, he has the agility to move inside and out of the pocket and do what every quarterback wants to do, and that's be a mobile quarterback and a pocket passer. And for Micah Parsons to take shots at the Eagles, and and obviously, uh, to me, the MVP of the league in Jalen Hurts, it's uncalled for, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Dansby Swanson sweepstakes, likely down to the Braves, Cubs, and Red Sox. I think he goes back to the Braves. I really do, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Red Sox move in and snag him. That's what I think. And we'll get into Week 15 picks with our friend, our pal, Derek Mountain. You can't blame him for the Jets losing this week. So why don't we get into the big story right now here in New York, and it is Carlos Rodon. And I, I've been saying this over and over and over again. If one of these New York teams get Carlos Rodon, it is an absolute slam dunk. Or a home run, if you want to call it, in baseball terms. Carlos Rodon has been one of the elite left-handed pitchers in baseball for the last three years. In the the last three years, he's a two-time All-Star. This guy has been as dominant of a lefty that we have seen in the National League and the American League since CC Sabathia. Now... The only problem right now with Rodon is he can't stay healthy. That has been a problem in the beginning of his career. And if the Yankees can keep him healthy and in the rotation and pitch every five days, the Yankees have something. They have the best rotation in baseball. Garrett Cole as your one. Carlos Rodon as your two. Nestor Cortez as your three. Luis Saverino as your th- your four, and then obviously Frankie Montas as your five. 
Frankie Montas, who was the second best pitcher for the Oakland Athletics last year, and in two, two years ago was a Cy Young candidate. As your fifth. Now, the Yankees have been missing that power lefty for a very long time. And in Yankee Stadium, you need that type of pitcher. And against the Houston Astros, year in and year out, you need dominance on that mound. Verlander is now playing for the Mets. He's no longer a Houston Astro. Now, does that hurt the Astros that Verlander's not there? No, because their, their farm system is as good as any farm system in baseball. They have two of the best young pitchers in baseball. The Yankees need to go tick for tat against the Houston Astros. The Yankees need to add some bats to this lineup as well. They just gave Aaron Judge a nine-year, $360 million contract. This contract for Carlos Rodon, $162 million for six years and a no-trade clause, is an absolute home run for the New York Yankees. It's under $30 million. It's $27 million. You're talking about one of the best top five left-handed pitchers in baseball. You can't buy a lefty. And that shows you how much Carlos Rodon wanted to be a Yankee. I'm sure of it that there were other teams giving him and offering him more money and more years. But after the Yankees gave him the sixth year, And the no-trade clause, he jumped on it. He wanted to be a Yankee. He grew up a Yankee fan. I've been saying that for a while. And the Yankees, it, it hasn't been pitching on why the Yankees haven't won World Series. It isn't. And it hasn't. It's timely hitting. That has been the problem for the New York Yankees. It has been the absolute power of where the Yankees have not been in the last couple of years. It's been a world beater for the Yankees. Aaron Judge, last year in the playoffs, throughout the playoffs, was hitting 211. Anthony Rizzo, throughout the playoffs last year, was hitting about 200. Glaber Torres, who's a great hitter in the playoffs, was batting 235 in players in scoring position. You cannot win like that. And don't get me started with Donaldson, okay? He was horrible. They can't win without timely hitting. Now, that's the problem, and that's where the Yankees have to fix up this lineup. I don't know how much money they're going to spend now after giving Rodon $27, and $27 million a year and obviously Aaron Judge, the biggest contract in baseball history as far as far as yearly pay. I don't know what they're going to spend now, but they can add a little piece here and there. They could find pieces. There's no question that they can. Brian Cashman is just going to have to be smart. He's done things like this before. He has found players that nobody wanted for two or three years, and he's fine. He's found them and and taken them out of the gutter, signed them to a a spring training deal, and they make the team. That's what the Yankees are going to have to do now after giving Rodon a, a contract that I think is absolutely a, a great contract and affordable one for them moving forward in the next couple of years. 
But we sit here today after making a move for Rodon. Is this Yankee team now the favorite to come out of the American League this year to go to the World Series? And the answer probably is no. And I'm going to tell you why. It's still going to be Houston. Because Houston just added Jose Abreu to this lineup. A powerhouse first baseman. Who's been a Chicago White Sox for the last six years. One of the best hitting first basemen in baseball. They still have a young pitching staff. I know Justin Verlander is no longer with them. He's with the Mets. But he's still a good player. You you look at where the Yankees are at. It's, it's really Houston and the Yankees and everybody else in the American League. The Red Sox are going to get better this year. The reason why is they're going to bring up their younger players. They're more talented young players we've been hearing about. Their first baseman, their shortstop. I, I think they're going to bring up a left fielder this year. They're going to compete. They're not going to win. The Blue Jays, they added some pieces this offseason. Are they going to make the playoffs this year? I don't know. They, they start to break down in, in the second half of the season. And they, they, they either don't sneak in or they do sneak in. And we know what the Rays are. They move, they maneuver contracts. They find pitchers that nobody wants. Or they find pitchers in trades that turn out to be outstanding you know, pitching, you know, starting pitchers. Right now, the Yankees are the second best team in the American League. Probably the third best team in baseball. Because now adding Rodon, the only two teams that I think are better than the Yankees on paper, as far as roster is concerned, when healthy, is Houston the Dodgers. That's it. Now the Dodgers... It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's, that's it. One more. Get it right. No. They saw your team. Put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days, they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this, this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy Beanie. You're not even a has been. You're never was. You're never was. December 15th, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the sports. Loudmouth. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have our app, and you might, you might not, well... 
That's tough luck because the app isn't working. But you could go to our website. It is working. All the different shows that we have on our network, you could check it out. Our show, The Sports Loudmouth, which is on and it airs live every single Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. And all the different shows from our Jets show, our Buffalo Bills show, our betting show, all our shows are on our network. And all you have to do is check it out at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Dot com. Speeder, what's up, man? Excited to have two guests that might have been at some point when I was in high school and college on my fantasy football team. Mm. Yes, we do. And one of my favorites for the New York Jets in the Rex Ryan era. Uh, we will be talking to, at 9.15, the New York Jets ex-running back, Bilal Powell. He'll be joining us at 9.15. And at 10 o'clock, we will be talking to former 49ers. Commanders and Bears wide receiver Josh Morgan. So a great star stunning show. We'll, we'll we will get into a lot of football. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, at eleven o'clock we will have the great and powerful world of mountains. Yes, Derek Mountain will be joining us, ladies and gentlemen, as always. And and Derek should be very excited because uh, me and him tied last week, eight and five, and Speedy at seven and six. So a five hundred week. For all of us, over 500. So great, great things as everybody is expecting a really big show. And we are too. Um, we're going to get into the Yankees signing their big time free agent. And it's not Aaron Judge, ladies and gentlemen. It is Carlos Rodon to a six year, $162 million contract. So the Yankees get their pitcher, they get their player. They arguably got the best, well, they had the best offseason as they added the best player and the best pitcher available. Their own player, Aaron Judge, and then Carlos Rodon, who was the Giants, San Francisco Giants pitcher. He used to play also for the Chicago White Sox. So uh, very excited for the New York Yankees. Uh, great contract by Brian Cashman. For all the Yankee haters out there, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not the Yankee haters, the Brian Cashman haters that can't stand him as an, own, uh, an owner, as a GM, well, what a deal. He he just landed. Uh, he, I know it's a six-year deal. I know it's a, a no-trade clause, but you're adding one of the better pitchers in baseball, one of the better lefties in baseball, which in Yankee Stadium, you need a power lefty, and they got one. Uh, the last one was CC Sabathia for the New York Yankees. Mike White says he, well, he'll play, no doubt. I, I don't know why you put that, Speedy. He will play, and that is no doubt. Uh, I expect him to play. I don't know if he's 100%. I don't know if he has bruised ribs, broken ribs, fractured ribs. Nothing has come out by the New York Jets organization. Uh, Zach Wilson was moved up as the backup. The questions will be answered on Sunday. Um, NFL PA says they will consider making roughing the passer calls reviewable. That is a great move for the NFL because there's a lot of them this year that were absolutely uncalled for, including the New York Jets against the New England Patriots, Franklin Myers, which ruined the game and, and really put the Jets in uh, highway to hell with the New England Patriots in MetLife Stadium. So uh, I think this is a good move by the NFL. If this does go through next year, it's something that they should be looking at. Micah Parsons takes shots at Jalen Hurts in regards to him being the favorite for MVP. First of all, and I like Michael Parsons. I think he's a great player. He's one of the best pass rushers in the league. He is defensive player of the year in my book. Jalen Hurts is the MVP. 
What are you arguing? You, you think Dak Prescott is the MVP of the NFL right now? Jalen Hurts has been the best quarterback throughout the league all season long. His statement was, is it Jalen Hurts or is it the team? Was his exact statement. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's be honest. If Jalen Hurts wasn't the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, are the Eagles the best team in the NFL? The answer is no. Jalen Hurts deserves all the accolades. Jalen Hurts has the wheels. He has the arm strength. He has the agility to move inside and out of the pocket and do what every quarterback wants to do, and that's be a mobile quarterback and a pocket passer. And for Micah Parsons to take shots at the Eagles, and and obviously, uh, to me, the MVP of the league in Jalen Hurts, it's uncalled for. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Dansby Swanson sweepstakes, likely down to the Braves, Cubs, and Red Sox. I think he goes back to the Braves. I really do, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Red Sox move in and snag him. That's what I think. And we'll get into week 15 picks with our friend, our pal, Derek Mountain. You can't blame him for the Jets losing this week. So why don't we get into the big story right now here in New York, and it is Carlos Rodon. And I, I've been saying this over and over and over again. If one of these New York teams get Carlos Rodon, it is an absolute slam dunk. Or a home run, if you want to call it, in baseball terms. Carlos Rodon has been one of the elite left-handed pitchers in baseball for the last three years. In the the last three years, he's a two-time All-Star. This guy has been as dominant of a lefty that we have seen in the National League and the American League since CC Sabathia. Now... The only problem right now with Rodon is he can't stay healthy. That has been a problem in the beginning of his career. And if the Yankees can keep him healthy and in the rotation and pitch every five days, the Yankees have something. They have the best rotation in baseball. Garrett Cole as your one. Carlos Rodon as your two. Nestor Cortez as your three. Luis Saverino as your th- your four, and then obviously Frankie Montas as your five. Frankie Montas, who was the second best pitcher for the Oakland Athletics last year, and in two two years ago was a Cy Young candidate. As your fifth. Now, the Yankees have been missing that power lefty for a very long time. And in Yankee Stadium, you need that type of pitcher. And against the Houston Astros, year in and year out, you need dominance on that mound. Verlander is now playing for the Mets. He's no longer a Houston Astro. Now, does that hurt the Astros that Verlander's not there? No, because their their farm system is as good as any farm system in baseball. They have two of the best young pitchers in baseball. The Yankees need to go tick for tat against the Houston Astros. The Yankees need to add some bats to this lineup as well. They just gave Aaron Judge a nine-year, $360 million contract. This contract for Carlos Rodon, $162 million for six years and a no-trade clause, is an absolute home run for the New York Yankees. It's under $30 million. It's $27 million. You're talking about one of the best 
top five left-handed pitchers in baseball. You can't buy a lefty. And that shows you how much Carlos Rodon wanted to be a Yankee. I'm sure of it that there were other teams giving him and offering him more money and more years. But after the Yankees gave him the sixth year and the no-trade clause, he jumped on it. He wanted to be a Yankee. He grew up a Yankee fan. I've been saying that for a while. And the Yankees, it, it hasn't been pitching on why the Yankees haven't won World Series. It isn't. And it hasn't. It's timely hitting. That has been the problem for the New York Yankees. It has been the absolute power of where the Yankees have not been in the last couple of years. It's been a world beater for the Yankees. Aaron Judge, last year in the playoffs, throughout the playoffs, was hitting 211. Anthony Rizzo, throughout the playoffs last year, was hitting about 200. Glaber Torres, who's a great hitter in the playoffs, was batting 235 in players in scoring position. You cannot win like that. And don't get me started with Donaldson, okay? He was horrible. They can't win without timely hitting. Now, that's the problem, and that's where the Yankees have to fix up this lineup. I don't know how much money they're going to spend now after giving Rodon $27, and $27 million a year and obviously Aaron Judge the biggest contract in baseball history as far as, far as yearly pay. I don't know what they're going to spend now, but they can add a little piece here and there. They can find pieces. There's no question that they can. Brian Cashman is just going to have to be smart. He's done things like this before. He has found players that nobody wanted for two or three years, and he's fine. He's found them and, and taken them out of the gutter, signed them to a, a spring training deal, and they make the team. That's what the Yankees are going to have to do now after giving Rodon a, a contract that I think is absolutely a, a great contract and affordable one for them moving forward in the next couple of years. But we sit here today after making a move for Rodon. Is this Yankee team now the favorite to come out of the American League this year to go to the World Series? And the answer probably is no. And I'm going to tell you why. It's still going to be Houston. Because Houston just added Jose Abreu to this lineup. A powerhouse first baseman. Who's been a Chicago White Sox. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There is only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's, that's it. One more. Get around. No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days, they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy Beanie. You're not even a has-been. You're a never-was. You're a never-was. Jeez. 
December 15th, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the sports. Loudmouth, 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have our app, and you might, you might not, well, that's tough luck because the app isn't working. But you could go to our website. It is working. All the different shows that we have on our network, you could check it out. Our show, The Sports Loudmouths, which is on and it airs live every single Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. And all the different shows from our Jets show, our Buffalo Bills show, our betting show, all our shows are on our network. And all you have to do is check it out at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Dot com. Speeder, what's up, man? Excited to have two guests that might have been at some point when I was in high school and college on my fantasy football team. Mm. Yes, we do. And one of my favorites for the New York Jets in the Rex Ryan era. Uh, we will be talking to, at 9.15, the New York Jets ex-running back, Bilal Powell. He'll be joining us at 9.15. And at 10 o'clock, we will be talking to former 49ers. Commanders, and Bears wide receiver Josh Morgan. So a great, star-stunning show. We'll, we'll, we will get into a lot of football. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, at 11 o'clock, we will have the great and powerful World of Mountains. Yes, Derek Mountain will be joining us, ladies and gentlemen, as always. And, and Derek should be very excited because uh, me and him tied last week, 8-5, and five, and Speedy at 7-6. and six. So a 500-week for all of us, over 500. So great, great things as everybody is expecting a really big show. And we are too. Um, we're going to get into the Yankees signing their big time free agent. And it's not Aaron Judge, ladies and gentlemen. It is Carlos Rodon to a six year, $162 million contract. So the Yankees get their pitcher, they get their player. They arguably got the best, well, they had the best offseason as they added the best player and the best pitcher available. Their own player, Aaron Judge, and then Carlos Rodon, who was the Giants, San Francisco Giants pitcher. He used to play also for the Chicago White Sox. So uh, very excited for the New York Yankees. Uh, great contract by Brian Cashman. For all the Yankee haters out there, well, I'm, I'm sorry, not the Yankee haters, the Brian Cashman haters that can't stand him as an, own, uh, an owner, as a GM, well, what a deal. He he just landed. Uh, he, I know it's a six-year deal. I know it's a, a no-trade clause, but you're adding one of the better pitchers in baseball, one of the better lefties in baseball, which in Yankee Stadium, you need a power lefty, and they got one. Uh, the last one was CeCe Sabathia for the New York Yankees. Mike White says he, well, he'll play, no doubt. I, I don't know why you put that, Speedy. He will play, and that is no doubt. Uh, I expect him to play. I don't know if he's 100%. I don't know if he has bruised ribs, broken ribs, fractured ribs. Nothing has come out by the New York Jets organization. Uh, Zach Wilson was moved up as the backup. The questions will be answered on Sunday. Um, NFLPA says they will consider making roughing the passer calls reviewable. That is a great move for the NFL because there's a lot of them this year that were absolutely uncalled for, including the New York Jets against the New England Patriots, Franklin Myers, which ruined the game and, and really 
put the Jets in uh, highway to hell with the New England Patriots in MetLife Stadium. So uh, I think this is a good move by the NFL. If this does go through next year, it's something that they should be looking at. Micah Parsons takes shots at Jalen Hurts in regards to him being the favorite for MVP. First of all, and I like Micah Parsons. I think he's a great player. He's one of the best pass rushers in the league. He is Defensive Player of the Year in my book. Jalen Hurts is the MVP. What are you arguing? You you think Dak Prescott is the MVP of the NFL right now? Jalen Hurts has been the best quarterback throughout the league all season long. His statement was, is it Jalen Hurts or is it the team? Was his exact statement. (laughs) Jalen Hurts is the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's be honest. If Jalen Hurts wasn't the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, are the Eagles the best team in the NFL? The answer is no. Jalen Hurts deserves all the accolades. Jalen Hurts has the wheels, he has the arm strength, he has the agility to move inside and out of the pocket and do what every quarterback wants to do, and that's be a mobile quarterback and a pocket passer. And for Micah Parsons to take shots at the Eagles, and and obviously, uh, to me, the MVP of the league in Jalen Hurts, it's uncalled for, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Dansby Swanson sweepstakes, likely down to the Braves, Cubs, and Red Sox. I think he goes back to the Braves. I really do. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Red Sox move in and snag him. That's what I think. And we'll get into Week 15 picks with our friend, our pal, Derek Mountain. You can't blame him for the Jets losing this week. So why don't we get into the big story right now here in New York, and it is Carlos Rodon. And I, I've been saying this over and over and over again. If one of these New York teams get Carlos Rodon, it is an absolute slam dunk. Or a home run, if you want to call it in baseball terms. Carlos Rodon has been one of the elite left-handed pitchers in baseball for the last three years. In the, th- the last three years, he's a two-time All-Star. This guy has been as dominant of a lefty that we have seen in the National League and the American League since CC Sabathia. Now, the only problem right now with Rodon is he can't stay healthy. That has been a problem in the beginning of his career. And if the Yankees could keep him healthy and in the rotation and pitch every five days, the Yankees have something. They have the best rotation in baseball. Garrett Cole as your one. Carlos Rodon as your two. Nestor Cortez as your three. Luis Savarino as your th- your four. And then, obviously, Frankie Montas as your five. Frankie Montas, who was the second best pitcher for the Oakland Athletics last year, and in two, two years ago was a Cy Young candidate. As your fifth. Now, the Yankees have been missing that power lefty for a very long time. And in Yankee Stadium, you need that type of pitcher. And against the Houston Astros, year in and year out, you need dominance on that mound. Verlander is now playing for the Mets. He's no longer a Houston Astro. Now, does that hurt the Astros that Verlander's not there? No, because their, their farm system is as good as any farm system in baseball. 
They have two of the best young pitchers in baseball. The Yankees need to go tick for tat against the Houston Astros. The Yankees need to add some bats to this lineup as well. They just gave Aaron Judge a nine-year, $360 million contract. This contract for Carlos Rodon, $162 million for six years and a no-trade clause, is an absolute home run for the New York Yankees. It's under $30 million. It's $27 million. You're talking about one of the best top five left-handed pitchers in baseball. You can't buy a lefty. And that shows you how much Carlos Rodon wanted to be a Yankee. I'm sure of it that there were other teams giving him and offering him more money and more years. But after the Yankees gave him the sixth year and the no-trade clause, he jumped on it. He wanted to be a Yankee. He grew up a Yankee fan. I've been saying that for a while. And the Yankees, it hasn't been pitching on why the Yankees haven't won World Series. It isn't. And it hasn't. It's timely hitting. That has been the problem for the New York Yankees. It has been the absolute power of where the Yankees have not been in the last couple of years. It's been a world beater for the Yankees. Aaron Judge... Last year in the playoffs, throughout the playoffs, was hitting 211. Anthony Rizzo, throughout the playoffs last year, was hitting about 200. Glaber Torres, who's a great hitter in the playoffs, was batting 235 in players in scoring position. You cannot win like that. And don't get me started with Donaldson, okay? He was horrible. They can't win without timely hitting. Now, that's the problem, and that's where the Yankees have to fix up this lineup. I don't know how much money they're going to spend now after giving Rodon $27 million a year and obviously Aaron Judge, the biggest contract in baseball history as far as, far as yearly pay. I don't know what they're going to spend now, but they can add a little piece here and there. They could find pieces. There's no question that they can. Brian Cashman is just going to have to be smart. He's done things like this before. He has found players that nobody wanted for two or three years, and he's fine. He's found them and, and taken them out of the gutter, signed them to a, a spring training deal, and they make the team. That's what the Yankees are going to have to do now after giving Rodon a, a contract that I think is absolutely a, a great contract and affordable one for them moving forward in the next couple of years. But we sit here today after making a move for Rodon. Is this Yankee team now the favorite to come out of the American League this year to go to the World Series? And the answer probably is no. And I'm going to tell you why. It's still going to be Houston. Because Houston just added Jose Abreu to this lineup. A powerhouse first baseman. Who's been a Chicago White Sox for the last six years. One of the best hitting first basemen in baseball. 
They still have a young pitching staff. I know Justin Verlander is no longer with them. He's with the Mets. But he's still a good player. You you look at where the Yankees are at. It's, it's really Houston and the Yankees and everybody else in the American League. The Red Sox are going to get better this year. The reason why is they're going to bring up their younger players. They're more talented young players we've been hearing about. Their first baseman, their shortstop. I, I think they're going to bring up a left fielder this year. They're going to compete. They're not going to win. The Blue Jays, they added some pieces this offseason. Are they going to make the playoffs this year? I don't know. They, they start to break down in, in the second half of the season. And they, they, they either don't sneak in or they do sneak in. And we know what the Rays are. They move, they maneuver contracts. They find pitchers that nobody wants. Or they find pitchers in trades that turn out to be outstanding, you know, pitching, you know, starting pitchers. Right now, the Yankees are. The second best team in the American League. Probably the third best team in baseball. Because now adding Rodon, the only two teams that I think are better than the Yankees on paper, as far as roster is concerned, when healthy, is Houston, the Dodgers. That's it. Now the Dodgers could add Dansby. They could. They can add, they can add him, and, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. They did lose Trey Turner. He goes to Philadelphia. Why couldn't they land Dansby Swanson? They could. Are they going to? They're not the top three teams that we've heard, but we've seen the Dodgers swoop right in and spend the money. But even if they don't, their lineup is as good as any lineup in baseball. Their pitching staff, when healthy, is one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. They have two of the best pitching prospects in all of baseball coming up. The Yankees are going to depend on some of these youngsters this year. And maybe trading Glaber Torres, and I've been talking and speaking about this for a while. I have been speaking about this for a while. Glaber Torres has not played very well defensively in the playoffs. Last year, he did not. Now, it wouldn't have mattered. They weren't going to beat Houston, but who knows? In game four, if he didn't make that mistake, the Yankees should have won. They were up in the seventh, I think it was the seventh inning. If he didn't make that mistake, the Yankees could have won. That doesn't mean they would have won that series. We sit back and we can argue the points of where the Yankees are going to be this year. Donaldson is not a guy that I want to start as my third baseman. No question, but the Yankees have nothing. They can't do anything with that contract. They have him for another year. He's getting $25 million. Nobody's going to want Josh Donaldson, especially what he did in the playoffs. He was absolutely horrendous. So the best player they have available, they can move where they can obviously move Pereza or call up Volpe as their second baseman, or maybe Cabrera. Maybe Cabrera can move to second base. He's played in the outfield all really all second half of the season last year. 
He he showed that he could play in the majors. Maybe they move him to second base. They trade Glaber Torres and find a bat. Find a bat that can hit in this lineup. DJ LeMayu needs to stay healthy this year. He was a big loss. Do they bring do they bring back Andrew Benatendi? Now I don't know what Andrew Benatendi is going to want. Maybe he signs a one year deal with the Yankees for one year. To, it's a prove it deal. Well, he could put up the numbers again. Maybe that could happen. I mean, we sit back and forth and we talk and we speak about the Yankees. The only question I need the Yankees to answer is when the beginning season starts, when the season begins, who is going to be your first and your last batter? That's it. We already know what your rotation is going to be. We already know what your relief pitching is going to be. If their relief pitching could stay healthy, They have one of the best bullpens in baseball. They lost six guys in the second half, which cost them throughout the season and the playoffs. The bullpen plays a big part of where these teams are going to go and where these teams are going to be. All right, before we get to Bilal Powell, he's in our feed now. I'm just going to read some of the comments. Snug says, nobody wants Torres anymore. Stock dropped like a rock. Uh, And Lyle says, uh, Mets aren't the best team in their own division anymore. They're not. No, they're not. The way the, the Mets are, the are not even the second best team in the division. Yeah, they're not. It's the Braves and the Philadelphia, boys. and you could probably argue it's Philadelphia now and then the Braves. Philadelphia could lose uh, Dansby Swanson, and if they lose him, that's a big loss, and they have to stay healthy. Also, uh, Lyle, I'll give you a shout out on air for helping us get Bilal Powell as well. Absolutely. Why don't we go to a quick break? When we come back, we'll be talking to former Jet running back, my one of my favorite players. Well, when he played for Rex Ryan, Bilal Powell, here on the Sports Lamouts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. As a volunteer, you deliver a hot, nutritious meal and a friendly hello to someone just like your mother, grandfather, or next-door neighbor. These seniors are inspiring people with incredible stories to share, and they love to see you. The smiles you get back are priceless. Delivering with Meals on Wheels is easy, and you don't have to drive like me for it to be quick. You can volunteer your lunch break once a week or just once a month. With one in six seniors facing hunger and many more living in isolation, your lunch break can make a real difference. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. Six three one six seven two thirty one zero eight is the number you are listening to the Sports Lama. Check out our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we've been waiting to get this guy on the show, and very happy to have him on. One of my favorites when the Jets were going in the two thousand mid two thousands, and I would say between two thousand ten and two thousand fourteen. This guy played a huge part in their offense, and we are now talking to former Jets running back Bilal Powell. 
Bilal, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, man? I'm good, man. And when Speedy told me that we were going to get you on, I was very excited. Uh, Speedy will tell you that uh, when you were playing for the Jets, you were a guy that I stuck up for. I every time the Jets, the Jet fans were attacking. Why is Bilal playing? Why? Why is he? Why aren't they starting this guy? Why is he? He's not a hundred percent. He shouldn't be playing. I said that this guy is a he's a warrior. This guy goes out there and he gives a hundred and ten percent. Rex Ryan spoke nothing but highly of you. Before we get into this interview, how are you and your family doing uh, from the whole COVID situation? We're good, man. We we uh we moved back to Kentucky. Um, we were trying to stay up there in that New York, New Jersey area, but you know it hit hard up there, man. So we decided to come back to Kentucky. But everyone's healthy, doing well, ready for the holiday season. No, I can't wait for the holiday season. I can't wait until it's over and we get into the January where there's the Super Bowl, there's the playoffs, and I know you're excited about that. So why don't we get into your career first before we ask you some questions about the Jets and your thoughts to the New York Jets this year with their running game uh, with Brees Hall and Bam Knight. You know a lot about running backs, and I'm sure you have your own thoughts to the Jets and, and how they're running the ball. Tell us a little bit about... When you were drafted by the Jets, getting drafted to a New York team, a big city, a place that a lot of people, some, some people say don't want to play because there's too much pressure. There's too much press. What was it like being drafted by the Jets? Oh, man, it was it was amazing. I mean, you had Rex Ryan over there, who I think any player would love to play for uh, Rex Ryan. What you see is what you get with Rex. Um, you know, I was drafted, obviously, by Michael Tenenbaum was over there. Anthony Land. Those guys just knew football. You know, Anthony Lynn did a great job of developing me in my early years and, and teaching me the game, uh, allowing me to be a student of the game uh, that took my game to the next level. Um, but, you know, like everybody, everybody get excited here in New York, man. But we're actually in New Jersey. It shocks people when they come up to visit. They think it's just like a hot skip in a way uh, from New York. But, man, uh, that's a that's a long commute. But, man, it's the, one of the biggest cities in the world. Media, uh, media cities in the world. And it's, it's probably one of the most uh, exciting sports cities in the world. If, if, if you want to be, um, you know, honest with yourself, I think it's one of the best cities to play. Uh, a lot of guys did turn down the opportunity to come here. But like I said, man, it was probably one of the best experiences uh, of my life. So Rex Ryan was your coach for the first four years of your career. And uh, he's been a, quite a character even since he's retired from coaching as well. So what was he like on and off the field? Man, you know, Rex was Rex was a player's coach. Um, what you know, when it was time to joke, we joked and we had fun. Um, but man, he when it was time to play, when it was time to lock in, you, you you locked in, especially for a guy like that. Because you knew Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan was going he was going to hold nine for you. He was going to bat for you regardless of what uh the media or, or fans were saying. Uh he never threw his players under the bus. He always took he always took blame for, you know, some of the things that I felt like uh, it was players' fault. Uh, he was a great coach. He had a great scheme on the defensive side. Um, but, man, he was a guy that you would definitely run through a wall for um, because what he said, he he was a guy that is man's own words. You know what I mean? And, and for me, I think all you have is your name and your word. And, and he was one of those guys that what he said he meant. And, uh, you know, for us as players, that's all you expect, especially in the cutthroat business like the NFL, man. You, you don't run around – you don't come across, you know, too many times you play for a coach like Rex Ryan. Bilal, you played for the Jets, and the Jets have always been known for good running teams. They, they've always had good running backs. Curtis Martin, Jones, and even when you came into the league, 
A lot of people were comparing you to different running backs that played for the New York Jets. When you started playing in the NFL, what was the player that really stood out to you that you wanted to replicate your game after? I mean, I had the guy right in, right in my room, LaDainian Thompson. You talk about a guy that, um, you know, I think he's not talked about enough for some of the things that he he's done uh, in this game and for this game. You know, a guy that, you know, I had the opportunity to play with during his 10th year that it looked like he was in year five. The way he had finished uh, runs at practice, the way he prepared, you would think that guy would play, you know, for another five years. And I, th- I thought he could. I mean, he still was in shape, had still had his good physique at that time. And he was talking about a guy that was just smart and understood football. And a guy that went out, you know, at the end of the day, you, you don't get faster as you get older. You get smarter. And you can just tell the game was just so slow for that guy. And to be able to to be drafted as a rookie and have that 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 guy of, of that stature in your room to learn from was just something that a lot of guys don't – they don't get that throughout their career. So you actually uh, – after after Ladanian Tomlinson, who played with a lot of big other big name running backs too, Matt Forte came over the Jets. Chris Johnson, we heard, we saw with the Jets. Isaiah Crowell was pretty good for a couple of years with the Jets. Uh, any of them really stand out on and off the field? And you have a good story of any of them as your teammates? Man, I, I tell you, one of my favorites um, in in the room, and we still talk to this day. Uh, Chris Ivory. Chris Ivory was a guy that um, I thought just being two complete bats that we were our style. I think was probably the best, you know, compliment uh, to each other. And I think that that was the most fun that I've had uh, when I played with that guy, Chris, Chris Ivory. Um, obviously you have to respect Matt Forte uh, doing what he did in, in Chicago uh, for a number of years. And then obviously CJ 2K doing what he did, uh, you know, going for 2000 yards in one season. It, it's, it's super hard to do. I mean, even to run for a thousand, you know, and to go get 2,000 to be in that club, man, it's it's, it's pretty much a, an, an honor to be around those type of guys, mentioning, you know, being in the room. Well, Bilal, I, I actually did a radio show for almost a year and a half for an ex-Jet, uh, with an ex-Jet, Eric Coleman, and he speaks so highly of you. Uh, he has spoken to you quite a few times, and he, he really believed that you never got the respect that you deserved in the NFL, the talent that you were, what you, you did. You played hurt. Uh, you had that spine injury. You still played with that injury, and you, you kept ticking, and, and obviously that eventually took your career. But, you know, playing – Almost nine years in the NFL. I'm looking at your almost nine years in the NFL. That's a long career. And 2017 was your best year. I mean, at the age of 28, you had 772 yards, five touchdowns. You were, you were in some aspects, one of the better backs in the league. Contra, contra, you know, that type of back, that second back that can do a lot of different things. What was, what was it like playing in 2017 and, and, and the way you played? I just had fun, and that was probably the season where I had my the, the most opportunities. And you know, I just took advantage of those opportunities. I was always a guy that I just made sure that when opportunity came, I was prepared to take on that role. Um, you know, obviously they had brought in Matt Forte that year. Matt was battling injuries. You know, the last second, the second half of the season. And it gave me more opportunities. And, you know, I felt like if I was a guy that had the opportunities, uh, like the other running backs around the league, that I would have been in that category. 
Um, you know, obviously the numbers don't lie. You know, you're talking about 175 carries, you know, almost going for a thousand, mm-hmm. um, including receiving out of the backfield, you know, talking about a thousand all purpose yards in the season with not as many opportunities as other guys are in the league that you consider top tier, mm-hmm. top tier guys. You know, if I had those opportunities, I think I would be able to put up the same numbers. So, you know, for me, it was just always being prepared, being ready when my number was called and, and going out and just performing, man. Just being, just playing the game that I love to play. At the end of the day, it was a game, still a game, uh, even though there's business behind it. It was still a game of football. And like I said, man, when the opportunity came, I took advantage. So you, at the time, were one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league as well. Always one of the tops with receptions and yards. And now you're kind of seeing in a passing league kind of that be a necessity for a lot of running backs. Do you see that kind of thing where a running back has to be a good pass-catching back now to be a a really good running back? There are exceptions, obviously, Derrick Henry, guys like that. But you think that's a new norm now? I think it is. I think the game has definitely evolved to that. Uh, You know, when I first came in the league, it was all about power football, power, power, power. And slowly as my, my, my career went on, you're starting to see these bats who now bats are coming in even smaller. You know, when I was coming in, you was, you was talking about big bruisers because you was downhill. Now you're talking about bats at 200 pounds, 205, 210, uh, being able to catch up the backfield. Um, I think that's an advantage for a running back. I think if you want to have a career in this league for a long time, then you would need to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, and it, obviously, you know, you have your, you have a few guys that you can just hand it to like, like Derek Henry, but I think the game has evolved to that. And I think that's why a lot of teams are going to the committee backfield, you know, the, the crowded backfields where you can just get a change of pace. You got a third down, you're receiving back your big bruiser back. Um, but if you do want to play in this league, you better be able to catch and pass pro. That's the number one thing that I talk to young running backs. When I always talk to them, be able to pass pro. Uh, because if you can't pass, bro, you won't be in the game. Trust me. <laughs> we are talking to former Jets running back, Bilal Powell. So why don't we get into the Jets right now? And, and nobody thought that the Jets would be in position right now to be a playoff-bound team. They ran the ball very, very well. They have one of the more talented backs who they drafted in the second round. They lost him to an ACL tear in, uh, in Brees Hall. And then uh, they, they made a trade. They brought Robinson in. And then they found this guy, Bam Knight. He was playing on the practice team. They waved him once. They waved him twice. He's still there. And they bring him up, and he has been absolutely ridiculous on the football field. He's offensive rookie uh, of the week this this past week. Uh, he had a touchdown at 70 yards against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. What are your thoughts to what the Jets have done ever since that, you you know, obviously you retiring and, and the committee that you had over there when you played? I think the number one thing is just the, court, the, the head man that they have over there. I mean, that's a fun guy, man. You know, I had the opportunity to sit with him talk to him, just his philosophy of the game, just life and, and just, you know, just having a conversation with that guy, man. I think any player, if they had the chance to sit down with their head coach, they'd love to go over and play for the New York Jets. And that's, and that's, and that's what you want to see when you talk about bringing in a young team and developing a young team like New York. Uh, you want to be able to be that player's coach, uh, player, the player's coach that can develop players. Let's be honest. Not all coaches can develop players. You have coaches that like the veteran, uh, teams, but a guy like Robert, man, he did a great job just developing the young players. I predicted a ten-win season in the playoff run. Look at you! I did, man. I, I called it. You can go back and look, man. I, I believe I you. Called it, and 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 one of those things was just, man. After I, after I met with Robert, man, it was just like, okay, I think they're gonna 
they're gonna they're gonna turn a corner. And, and when they do, man, it's gonna be some trouble because you're talking about a coach that players want to play for, a young, talented, very talented. Uh, and I think the biggest shot this year, to be honest, man, is the defensive line. What mm. they're doing, mm. that defensive line is a monster. Um, I think the, it's, this team kind of reminds me of that 09, 08 Jets team. Mm-hmm. They had the young Mark Sanchez. You know, the defense was uh, outstanding, and they were able to run the ball. They had running backs at the end of the day. You Can't know, wait, had, as, Bart, yeah. as Bart Scott always said. Can't wait. Yeah. By the way, he's he's Can't. crazy, too. He, he's crazy. Uh, We've had him on this sh- yeah. show, too. He's nuts, too. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's all good, man. It's just, just you know – you hate to see what happened to Brees. I mean, he was having mm. a year. You know what I mean? I'm talking about being in the topic of the best running backs in the league right now, you know, as a rookie. We have to finish strong. And, you know, I think at this time last year, we we weren't even in the playoff talk. Mm. So to even be mentioned in the playoff talk in December is very exciting for Jet fans. As Robert Sala said, it's all about December, and if they're in the talks of making the playoffs, that's that's a sign for where, where the Jets are growing. And I think it, it wasn't this year where the Jets were going to take off. I think it's next year where these players, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, and all Elijah Veritaka, they all play together and they get ready with hopefully Zach Wilson. It doesn't seem like it's Zach now. It's Mike White. I know a lot of Jet fans are shooting him down, and I feel so bad for the kid because he just it's couldn't. New produce. York, man. That's yeah. New York. You know how it is. Yeah, you do too. You had Mark Sanchez. You had all these other quarterbacks, and and the Jets have been trying to find that franchise quarterback, and they just haven't found one. And hopefully uh, this transition, maybe Mike White isn't 100% healthy, and maybe Zach will step on the field this week, take over the reins, and actually become the quarterback that everybody believed the Jets thought they were drafting two years ago as the second pick. Talk about all the the personalities of the quarterbacks that he was with. Mark Sanchez, Tim Tebow, Geno Smith, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. (laughs) All in one career. I mean, you had some guys, man. Tim Tebow, you don't remember that. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know know what they call Tua? And a lot of the guys, a lot of our our fans, they call him Hawaiian Hawaiian Tebow. That's what they call him. Oh, man. Man, He's having a great year. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. The last two games he hasn't, but... You're right. He's having a good game. Hey, if you have Tyreek Hill after, at the end of the game attacking you, that's a problem. You don't want Tyreek Hill to open his mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to shift quickly. Uh, one of our fans actually has a uh, comment. He, he says, uh, the 2010 Beef O'Grady Bowl, where your last mm-hmm. year in college you were at, uh, he was actually at that game. So uh, he wanted to know uh, if you remember that well, 75 yards and a touchdown in that bowl game. Yeah, man. I was actually going for the season seeing a uh, Russian record that year. And Southern Miss did a great job of containing me that first half, man. I didn't get those yards until later in the game. Those yards that they, I mean, they did a, they had a great, they jumped up 14 0. Um, they had a very, uh, I think Jamie Collins was over there. Mm-hmm. So I played him, you know, Jamie Collins was a dog. I'm like, who is this guy? You know, I didn't even hear about him all year. And this guy's making every tackle on the field from every which way, you know, and they did a great job over there. We ended up coming back. And ended up winning that game. And that was actually like the first and only bowl game that I went to my entire college career. And that was when Charlie Strong took over. And when he came in, the program went to a different direction, man. And he actually built that that, that program up in the next few years. We are talking to former Jets running back Bilal Powell, one of my favorites. I have one of your jerseys. I was actually going to wear your jersey on the show. But then it would look like I'm I'm too much of a Jet fan. And, and – 
as you know, you do a show yeah, in New yeah, York. Power. <laughs> I, I was always I was always a big fan of yours. I always stuck up for you. I, I know a lot of fans, you know, week in and week out, they were like, oh, he's not the right guy. Oh, he's he's awesome. That's the problem here in New York. There's nobody ever fully happy. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be Curtis Martin, and he's one of the greatest running backs to ever play. If he has a bad week, which he usually never did, uh, the Jet fans, oh, he's getting old. He, he's not the same Curtis Martin. So it, it sucks when you deal with the press over here. It sucks when you have to deal with some Jet fans. But uh, me as a Jet fan, I've always been a supporter of you. I, I was really upset when you had to retire because of the back injury and, and the situation that you were in. Uh, but uh, you had a fantastic career. You really did. And I know everybody's going to say, well, look at his numbers. He's not one of the greatest. It doesn't matter. When I, when I watched you play, you played hard. You played discipline. And, and you went out there and you gave it your all. And that's all you asked for when it comes to a football player. Is not a guy that's going to slack. And I can name a bunch of great, talented NFL players that all the talent in the world, and they were slackers, and they never amounted to anything in the NFL. And you... Uh, I, re- I remember when you were drafted. I remember when when you finally got your opportunity to step on the field and play. And I, I always loved you as a player. You you always showed what, what it is to be a Jet. Everybody says, what is it? And, then, and they make jokes about the Jets. What it is to be a Jet is be a loser. But I, I, didn't, I didn't see it that way. I, Rex Ryan brought that, that, uh, that personality. And, and when you came to the team and, and when LaDainian Tomlinson came from, obviously, San Diego – uh, it was a different team. It was a different roster, and and I I really appreciate the the way you played the game. Man, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you for having me on here. And let's 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 put it together this Sunday. I mean, the Lions, they got a good old line, man. Hopefully, we can, you know, and with Q out, that's going to be a, a you know a little challenge. But hopefully, we can win this, run the table, and and let's get into the playoffs, man. It's been it's been too long. Let's get into the playoffs. Yeah, it's, Jermaine Johnson. How about this? Play Jermaine Johnson. How about that? I mean, how many snaps has he been out there? Uh, if you look at the estimated snaps, this guy was a first-round draft pick. The Jets moved up to get him. I want to see him out there. I want to see him play more than third downs every other third down. Go out there. Let him play first and second downs and see what you have with this kid. He has the speed on the outside. You're going to have to add speed. I, I like what they did with Curry. Curry uh, healthy this year. He has played very well when he needed to play. And Quinn Williams is a beast. There's no question. He is. Yeah, he's having a great season. Oh. He keeps playing like this. He's going to get a big check. Oh. Boy, are the Jets going to be open. His And Bob, by the way, his brother, Quincy Williams, another fantastic find by Joe yeah, Douglas from the Jaguars. I mean, he is one of the more underrated uh, linebackers in football. People don't yeah. realize how good he really is. He's good. He's good, and that's the thing, man. About our, about the team, man. I want to say our team, like I'm mm-hmm. on it. But that's the thing, man. About the team is just like the, them finding these guys. You know what I mean? Finding the guys that are going to buy in. That's all you need. You just need guys that are going to buy in. And you know, if you look at New England, New England really never have superstars. Mm-hmm. They just have guys that buy in, mm-hmm. buy into the system. And I think that's where we are right now. You got guys that really love football. You know what I mean? The the distractions off the field. Even though we're a young team, though, that's the that's the shocking thing. We're a young team, but they're locked in. You can just tell that winning matters. So that's scary. So uh, one of our fans has a question. Uh, Lyle says, uh, "What was the reaction from uh, your locker room, the players on the team, when Darrell Revis got traded?" Uh, man, I can't. You know what? I don't even remember. That's when I knew no one's safe. To be honest, <laughs> with you. Like, if, they, if they got rid of Revis, you know. 
and let me let me tell myself I'm renting my locker mm. because anybody anybody can go after you see that one. So well, the, my two favorite players from 2007 to 2019 was Revis and you, and and and. Like I said, and when, when Speedy actually said that you were looking to come on a show and, and, and speak, uh, I said, get him on the show. I definitely want him on the show. And we would love to get you on the show again when the, when the Jets get into the playoffs and, and talk a little Jets football. I, I, I really appreciate your time, as always. I know you're a busy guy in Kentucky. Uh, are, you a, are you a horse uh, fan over there? You you have no choice but to be a horse. <laughs> you know, it, listen, it, it's it's actually a, a good a good investment, man. If you get in with the right group of guys, um, mm. you know, get you a racehorse. Um, you know, obviously over in Lexington, they, they the joke is they treat horses better than people over there. <laughs> but, yeah, man, it's it's a fun time out here. So, and thank you for having me on the show, man. Absolutely, uh, my producer over here will reach out to you again. Thank you for all your time, below. All right, thank you. Bilal Powell, ex-New York Jet, former fantastic running back in the NFL, a guy that I've always respected as an NFL player. And, and I'm not kissing his butt. I, I loved Bilal Powell. And, and Speedy, you will t- tell everybody I, how many times I stuck up yes. for Bilal Powell. Plenty of times, actually. Bilal. All the time. When I, when All I first, the time. When I first came here it's to this crazy. network, there were a lot. There were a lot of debates uh, <laughs> surrounding surrounding you because we're in New York. A lot of a lot of Jets fans. A lot of guys that were at our networks that weren't Jets fans were attacking, attacking Errol all the time, attacking me, uh, saying Bilal Powell is one of the more underrated running backs in the league, and he oh, yeah. he needs he needs an opportunity. He needs an opportunity, and finally you got your opportunity. I said, I told you guys, this guy could play. And everybody, everybody's like, oh, but he can't stay healthy. I was like, I don't give a crap. This guy could play. And, and that's all I could say. And, and it's yeah. just when, when I watched you play, that's, that's what I want my running backs to be, a guy that's going to go out there. No matter how big you are, how small you are, you're going to go out there and you're going to give it your all. And that's what you did. And that's what makes you uh, one of my favorite players and one of my favorite backs that ever played for the Jets. And I've been a Jet fan since I was in diapers, okay? And I'm 40 years old. So it just tells you the type of player that I thought you were when you were drafted by the Jets. So, again. Well, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Below Powell, ladies and gentlemen. So, fantastic interview. Absolutely. He's a great guy. Really is. Great, great guy. Mm-hmm. Kentucky. Kentucky bound. Yes. Let's bring up some horse racing. I know uh, our, our betting guys will love that. Uh, were you kidding me? I mean, he might, he might own a horse soon. He, we'll, eventually we'll see, oh, Bilal Powell's one of the top five. He has one of the top five horses in the country. Can you imagine that? Mm-hmm. Could you imagine that? I, 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 they make a lot of money. Those horse owners, they make a ton of money. Yes. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, one of our one of our fans, uh, David uh, Scheinman, shout out to him. He says uh, Steve Cohen should buy the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the Johnson family might sell the Jets after next year. I, I there were a lot of rumors uh, going into the season that the Jets might be sold, and I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if Steve Cohen's going to buy him, but I'm sure if the Jets become available, they're they're, they're worth about six. Seven billion dollars. I I can definitely see that. And now they're talking about possibly moving the Jets to Queens over there by the Mets. Uh, remember, they can opt out of the the stadium contract in two thousand twenty five. And the, the Jets and the Giants could do that. I think the Giants stay over there at MetLife. But if somehow the Jets can figure out how it could work over there for the U.S. Open and for the Mets, 
I absolutely believe the Jets could build their own stadium over there in Queens. Well, that'd be something. I'm not sure if Cohen is a Jets fan like he is a Mets fan, but I know there's a lot of mutual Mets and Jets fans. I think he is a Jet fan. Okay. I think he is a Jet fan. That makes those chances even higher then because you've seen what he's done with the Mets really making it very fan-friendly. And the Jets, again, they've – even with the Johnsons, they've done very well with making it the Jets very like the Jets fans very passionate about it, making it fan. The friendly. last time I met, I, I I actually had a conversation with Woody Johnson. He's an interesting guy because when you get into a conversation about business, the man knows you knows how to talk business. But when it comes to sports and, and talk and speaking about you know the strengths and weaknesses of your team. I, I really don't think he's the football mind of the brothers. <laughs> that's that's all I'm going to say. So I don't know if Chris is a football mind either, but Woody's definitely not that guy. He's more of a business-minded guy. But I, I like Woody Johnson. I like Chris. Um, they need to find they need to find a way to win this year and get themselves into the playoffs and make noise in the playoffs because if they could do that next year is going to be a fun off season. It is going. I mean, this year will be a fun off season to go into the season next year when. Elijah Veritaka comes back. Brees Hall comes back. Uh, Makai Becton comes back. You're talking about a very young team and a hungry team going to next season with one of the better defenses in all of the NFL. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you, Bilal. You yes. Fantastic. And reach out to Bilal. Uh, if, uh, if the Jets do make the playoffs, I would love to get him on. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get him. Eric Coleman. And, oh, yes. I'm going to get Eric him. Coleman return. I'll get both of them on. At the same time, that would be fun. Yeah. Talking a little Jets. It would be really, really funny. But uh, I, I spoke to Eric uh, about a week ago. Mm. And uh, Eric's doing well. He, he's doing great. And I'm happy for him. His betting show is one of the better betting shows in the country on MSG, Sports Betting Weekly. Uh, no, it's not Sports Betting Weekly. I'm sorry. Uh, what, betting Exchange. Betting Exchange, like yes. Yeah. The, uh, the Betting Exchange show. Uh, sports Betting Weekly is on our network. So. <laughs> But uh, wake and bake, wake and bake. Uh, yes, it it definitely is a wake and bake. Uh, but that'd be interesting. We have Bilal, Bilal, Eric Coleman of a bunch of our petty guys make uh, Kentucky Derby. Fix. You know what I want to do? You know, if the Jets make the playoffs, I will come on this show. I, w- I have to do something funny. I-, I have to do something crazy. All right. Because if the Jets make the playoffs, it- it's something that we haven't seen in over 10 years. So I have to do something stupid. So I, I'm going to I, I'm going to post up four different things that I can do, which is crazy on the show, and and the fans could pick one of the four. And if the Jets make the playoffs week one, I will you know that week actually have to do that particular thing that is voted, and I will do it on the show live if it's crazy, and I will do it and uh, for the whole show. So we'll figure out. I'll let the fans. It, it, it has to be something where I'm not going to get in trouble by the FCC or any crazy, you know, social media person. <laughs> Excuse me. Eric, Eric Coleman of you have had plenty of in-depth conversations with that kind of stuff. So maybe. maybe I'm still getting over this cough. It's horrible. Yeah, I don't know if you want to get him involved with those ideas. Eric Coleman? Yeah. Eric Coleman will definitely not get involved with the, the, uh, any of these choices of selection of craziness that I do. Because every time Eric Coleman was doing a show with me, he always thought I was nuts. Okay, but I loved working with Eric Coleman. He was fantastic, and um, I helped him grow in his career, and he's doing very, very well for himself. So I- I'm happy for him. I've, I've, I've been proud to be a friend of his and, and proud to be a colleague of his on uh, you know his growth as a, a radio guy slash now broadcaster, so mm-hmm. analyst now. So great. But uh, 
Uh, before we get it, before we get our second guest, which we'll be talking to ex 49ers, Commanders, and Bears wide receiver Josh Morgan. Uh, let's get back into our conversation with, uh, you know, obviously we we were speaking about Carlos Rodon. This Dansby Swanson sweepstakes thing is, is so very interesting. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why, okay? Because this guy is one of the more underrated shortstops in all of, fo- all of baseball. And I'm gonna, everybody keeps saying, well, oh, he's, he's still one of the best shortstops. When he, was, when he was traded to the Braves, if everybody remembers, he was traded to the Braves. He was a top prospect. And when he was traded, his first two years, I think he was traded from Arizona, right? Yeah, it was the Shelby Miller deal, which was a, yes. uh, the Braves fleeced them badly. But Everyone we, thought at the time, and then obviously Well, Dansby Swanson, when he was traded, he wasn't playing well. He wasn't really that good. And, and he went over there to the Braves. It took a couple of years. Mm-hmm. He had to figure things out. Hitting-wise, but he was great yes, defensively. Uh, he was always good defensively. Mm-hmm. And Arizona always finds those good defensive uh, you know, shortstops. I mean, Didi Gregorius being one of them. He goes to the Yankees. He finds a way to hit. When he was over there in Arizona, he couldn't hit a lick. Think about so, outfielders, too. Think about A.J. Pollock yep. and David Peralta, too. Uh, two of the best defensive guys. Gerardo Parra, too. Is yep. Never a center fielder, but one of the best mm-hmm. corner outfielders. Always a gold glover in right field. And Dansby Swanson... Last year, had a very good season. Probably his best season when it came to power and hitting. He played a big part of where this team was, especially in their infield with, with the injuries that they had throughout the season. But uh, we knew he was going to make a lot of money. We knew he was going to ask for top dollar. He uh, now has become one of the more uh, talented shortstops. He's still fairly young. I think he's 27 years old. Uh, he's in the prime of his career. He's he's probably looking for a nine or ten year deal worth closer to three hundred million. I don't know if he's going to get that because he doesn't put up enough power numbers to get that kind of money. But I, I think he gets two twenty, two thirty. I think he gets that kind of money. But uh, the question is, who's going to give him that contract? Is it the Braves? Is it the Cubs? Or is it the Red Sox? Maybe a team sneaking in. Maybe the Cardinals or the Dodgers coming in because the Cardinals. Wanted Carlos Rodon, and they were willing to give Carlos Rodon a pretty good contract. Yeah, they just backed out today because they didn't <laughs> want to give him the seven years like he originally wanted. And I guess didn't want to give him the offer that the Yankees gave him for the six years, which is surprising because it was a bargain. What if, they gave it, him. if they matched with the Yankees, he would have went to the Yankees. Right. So they would have had to give him extra a little bit more. But, yeah, in terms of Swanson, yeah, he's only picked up the power numbers the last two years. 27 home runs in 2021 and then uh, 25 this past year, too. But before that, never had more than 17 in a season. So, yeah, that you wonder how much that could hurt that market. Just so everybody knows, I found out today I have uh, I have bronchitis. Ooh. So I've been dealing with that. I'm on antibiotics. I've been coughing really for the last really last three weeks. And, and and getting through these shows, it, it's really amazing. People say, "How are you? How are you talking? How are you speaking during the show?" And I, every time I we go to break, I'm I'm drinking. I'm trying to keep my vocal cords wet, but I, you know, the show must go on. I'm not going to stop because I'm not feeling very well. I'm going to continue doing what I do best, and that's entertain people. But uh, uh, to get back into the Dansby Swanson thing. Uh, the questions are going to be with the Red Sox. Now, the Red Sox have a good young shortstop in their farm system. Uh, that's why they decided to move away from Bogarts, and he goes to San Diego. Do they make the move? Or do they – their young shortstop that they're bringing up, do they move him to second base? Is that what they do if they bring in Dansby Swanson? Now, uh, it's not like the, the, the Red Sox GM, obviously comes from Tampa, to spend big dollars for a player of this magnitude. But again – 
Uh, the Red Sox have uh, another shortstop that they brought in right. last year. And you know who I'm talking about, Speedy. Story. Mr. Story, who I was attacked by every Red Sox fan because I didn't think he was going to hack it over there in Boston. I was wrong about him. I, I Trevor Story had a pretty good year, especially in the first half of the season. He, he didn't play as well in the second half of the season, but put up the numbers, uh, uh, power numbers uh, in, in, in Boston. And I, I thought he, he had a really good year. But uh, to add Dansby Swanson over there, and maybe you move Trevor Stories to short and then put Dansby Swanson over there at second base, you have one of the better interior infields in all of baseball. And you wonder, too, that kind of thing, if that kind of thing is holding them up, too, because Marcelo Meyer right now is the Red Sox top prospect, and he was, I think, the fourth overall pick of his respective draft. So how fast will that happen where he could play shortstop right away is another question. But Trevor Story, again, second, he played mostly at second base last year and kind of regressed defensively. So somebody like Swanson, who's one of the best defensive players at any position in the league, could definitely help sure up that infield, too. And then hitting-wise, too, we know Story has a lot of power, too, and Swanson's really picking up the power. And Swanson doesn't strike out to the level that Story does, too. Story strikes out 200 times. So that's uh, something that they could definitely complement themselves with in that lineup. Well, you have a Swan and you have a Story. Yeah, there the you Swan go. The Swan Story. There you go. There you go. <laughs> the, uh, the duck boats will love that one in Boston. <laughs> or you mean the geese that uh, Kenny runs after? Oh, well, yeah, that's a whole other story. I, I mean, I don't you... know if Kenny can run through a crowded city like that. <laughs> Uh, remember when we went uh, We went last Saturday, what was it, two Saturdays ago, to the event where we yeah. were hosting for the cocktail hour, yep. doing our show, and we passed White Plains, and I said, oh, we're passing Kenny's hometown. Kenny's homestead. And we were actually going to meet up with Kenny. Yeah, we should have picked up our could turkey dinner. That? We should have picked up our turkey dinner that he's overdue to us for five years. Or he could have taken us to the lake where he uh, chases geese. There you go. What kind of man chases geese? I know. Kenny. Kenny does. He's a baseball slash football fan that loves to chase geese. So, ladies and gentlemen, our one and only geese chaser himself, Kenny Rayner. Anyways, yep. well, it's gonna be much harder in a crowded city, Kenny. Yeah. Uh, one of our fans, as uh, one of our fans, uh, shout out to David Schneiman Sh- mm-hmm. as well. Also said the Mets uh, signed catcher Omar, Omar, Omar Narvaez as mm-hmm. well today. Mm-hmm. Uh, McCann probably on his way out. Yeah, let's hope. I always like Narvaez. He's a good offensive catcher, not as much of a defensive catcher. But again, they got Nito for that, so that kind of thing maybe will help Alvarez maybe transition smoothly the way he doesn't have to catch all the time. So that's an interesting type of move. I, for the love of God, I hope they could trade McCann. But again, right now there's actually <laughs> three catchers on this roster. Carl says white. Planes is garbage. <laughs> Equals garbage. <laughs> well, it's not that bad. Well, it is when you have a crazy news story that comes out and says, a uh, crazy guy chased geese. Mm. I, I mean, YouTube shut him down when he posted up. What kind of man? And I, I love Kenny. I love him so very much. He is one of the funnier guys. He he calls the show. He he gives a little bit of uh, pizzazz when he calls the show, and he he always has a story. Always has a story. What kind of man runs after geese? Okay, I mean, he's over thirty years old. He, he's like th- you know in his mid thirties, and he's running off to, run after geese I, because he says they crap all over and they're just worthless. And then he posts it up on social media. What kind of person does that? I don't know. He's pretty passionate about geese for somebody that isn't either like some envi- an environmental enthusiast, a bird watcher, or a hunter. But well, we have Kenny. Uh, we have uh, Josh Morgan joining us in just a few minutes. 
Uh, he will be joining us, uh, former 49ers, commanders, and Bears wide receiver. Uh, uh, if you don't remember Josh Morgan, he was a pretty good football player. He was in the NFL for a couple of years. Uh, I remember him more with the commanders, with RG3, than any of the teams that he played for. But uh, be interesting. I mean, he did play for Jim Harbaugh. He, yep. He played for the commanders, so it'll be very, very interesting. Uh, he played for two really good coaches. I mean, I, I mean, when we when we talk about Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan was the guy that really yep. taught him, and and Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator there. So mm-hmm. we we could speak a little bit about Kyle Shanahan uh, when he was over there with the commanders. Yeah, but, and uh, if you talk about we're talking about with Bilal, all the quarterbacks he played with. Uh, he went yeah. from Alex Smith, then he went to RG three, and then spent a year with Jay Cutler. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so. And we have Josh coming right into the feed. When we come back, we'll be talking to former 49ers, Commanders, and Bears wide receiver Josh Morgan here on the Sports Limeouts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, as you know. You are listening to the Sports Loudmouths. Remember, you can check out our website by going to www.worldwidesportsradio.com. And you can check out our app on Android right now. It is up still. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We'd like to thank Bilal Powell from the New York Jets, ex-New York Jet, for joining us. And we have our second guest. Uh, looking forward to interviewing him. We are now talking to former 49ers, Commanders, and Bears wide receiver, Josh Morgan. Josh, what's up, bud? What's up, man? How y'all doing? Can y'all hear me good? We hear you good, mm-hmm. man. Uh, you look good, too, man. You look healthy. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. The healthiest I've ever been in my life. There you go. How, how are you and your family doing ever since uh, the COVID situation, the pandemic? Man, the pandemic hit hard all across the world, man. And it was a weird time for us because that was actually the time that the doctors wanted to do the um, the kidney transplant when I gave my brother my kidney. Mm. You know, so that was that was a weird time. You know, it was definitely a. It ended up being perfect time, honestly, because it gave us both enough time to rest and heal because they kind of shut the world down and. It kind of let our bodies do what they needed to do to heal properly. So, you know, he could beat that kidney disease and I could heal and do everything I needed. Because three weeks before that, I had a knee surgery cleaning up some old football injuries. It was perfect timing for me. Three weeks prior, I had a knee surgery. Then I did the kidney transplant. I was just what my body needed to just rest and relax. Well, we're really happy for you. You're healthy and uh, that's one of uh, the more special things you could do is give your brother a kidney uh, so that he can move on with his life. And uh, you have two kidneys. You can give a kidney up. And uh, uh, that's something that I didn't know about you. And that just makes me look at you even better than I did as a football player. But uh, you have a, we'll get into your football career in just a few moments. Uh, as everybody knows, we are talking to former 49ers, commanders, and Bears wide receiver Josh Morgan. I – I had an opportunity to watch you play, and when Speedy told me we were going to get you on the show, uh, I think 
you could have been used even better as a football player. I think the teams, that, you know, when you went to, when you were drafted by the San Francisco 49ers in a sixth round in 2008, I watched you play in Virginia tech. You were a sensational wide receiver. You were a great right. wide receiver. You had, the, you had the size, you had the ability to go up there and get the ball. Uh, there is a wide receiver in this league right now that plays for the New York jets that, Remind me of you. I mean, obviously, you're a little smaller than him, but he plays. He played like you in Virginia Tech, and that was Denzel Mims, uh, a guy that I I thought, you know, your athletic ability, what you did on the field was somewhat like a Denzel Mims. Uh, what was it like being drafted to the NFL? What was it like being drafted by Jim Harbaugh and the San Francisco 49ers? Man, it was, it was definitely – it was a dream come true being drafted, man. That was definitely the first time I had that comparison about him. Um, I got to check him out a little bit more. Um, he about to play Sunday night here first the commander, so I'm going to make sure I keep an eye on him. Usually I get those, like, Anquan Bowden comparisons or those Debo Samuel comparisons. Um, he but, plays the um, Lions this week against, the, you know, with the Jets. So, uh, Oh, you said the Jets. I thought you said the Giants. No, Denzel Mims. Yeah, I, Denzel no, I wish Mims. the Giants had a receiver like that. Yeah, Denzel yeah, Mims. I was like, I, I was like I, 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 yeah, I heard you wrong. But, no, it was definitely a dream come true, man. Um, Especially, you know, lucky me, I got to play for both of my favorite teams growing up, you know, the 49ers and the Commanders. You know, it was definitely – I definitely – I agree with you going that route before I broke my leg in San Francisco. Um, But, uh, you know, every coach don't have the same idea for you. So, you can only control what you can control, right? Mm. (laughs) You know, so – and then, you know, moving, leaving San Francisco kind of – Coming to the Redskins, um, you know, people kind of already got their guys and want to play the guys they draft, you know, no matter how talented you are. So for me to come in here, um, leaving San Fran without doing any rehab, season ended injury, sign free agent deal with the with the Redskins, um, like I said, no rehab. They wanted me to go right out and play. Still six screws in my leg. Still couldn't. I couldn't even flex my ankle. Wow. The whole season and ended up still being the uh, the leading receiver that year, my first year in 2012 when we drafted RG3. Um, so to still, you know, had the success I had, being injured every year, having a different quarterback every year, um, having like five different head coaches, you know, I don't, I don't take no pity off nobody, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I did what I was supposed to do um, despite everything that I went through and all the different changes that I – went through um for me to even had a career i had even at virginia tech like you said and to never had the same quarterback two years in a row my whole football playing career you know it's kind of you know i mean i i, I kind of you know kind of pat myself on the back do you, you want know? me to pat you on the back i could pat you on the back if you want <laughs> no nah, no nah, it, it's just kind of unheard of man i can't jump into the I... screen but i i can give you a little <laughs> friendly pat there you go the only <laughs> i'm really doing that is uh Man, who is doing that in the league? Probably DeAndre Hopkins. He always got a different quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, but, you know, it's just hard to do that in the league, man. So when you get when you get one, that's why I'm happy for Steph, you know, to get <laughs> to get with Josh Allen, you know, and guys like that. You know, when you find one, stay there, man, and they're gonna make your career everything. I mean, look at Jerry Rice with Steve Young and Joe Montana. Mm. You know, look at Marvin Harrison, but Peyton Manning and them, Reggie Wayne and them. You know, everybody had their guy. You know, 
all the way back to Isaac Bruce with Trent Green and all them. Everybody had that guy, man. Why wasn't Josh Morgan with Peyton Manning? <laughs> Why wasn't Josh Morning, uh, Morgan with Tom Brady? Why was he thrown to the Wolves with Jim Harbaugh and Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick? Or, or... I, got, I got a test question for you. Go ahead. Let's Ooh. hit it. Let's hit it. Here we go. Okay. You too, Speedy. Okay. Who was my starting quarterback? Don't cheat me because I know y'all on y'all computers. Mm-hmm. Who was my starting quarterback my 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 uh my rookie year with the 49ers, 2008? Your rookie year with the 49ers. The rookie year with the 49ers in 2008. Was it a second stint of Jeff Garcia? Because I thought he had two stints with the 49ers. Man, I went so much money off this question. Mm. <laughs> I give it back, but I always <laughs> No, it definitely wasn't. So I'm gonna give you another hint. Oh god. Um when I got there, it was Mike Mike Nolan was the head coach. That I remember, me. yes. Mm-hmm. Um Mike Marks was his offense coordinator. Mm. We had just picked up Isaac Bruce in the offseason. Mm-hmm. So the quarterback was a Mike Marks guy. Mark Bolger? Nah, from Cincinnati. Mm. Ooh, from Cincinnati. I'm gonna even give you his number. He was number fourteen. <laughs> I I have no idea. No, I, I don't remember. O'Sullivan. Oh wow! Yeah, I know the name now. No, I don't I think anybody would have gotten that. No. I don't think anybody would. I know had the name that. now. Well, I'm defeated with that question. Yeah, the, with the long know. hair. I remember him now, but yeah, I wouldn't have gotten you that. Stumped, that's a, that's a you stumped. You stumped one of the guys that usually gets these questions right. Okay, mm-hmm. so he usually he is a almanac for players. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm very surprised he didn't know that, but uh, I wouldn't have known that either. 2008. I'm lucky. I know if I'm wearing underwear half the time. Okay. <laughs> You think I'm going to remember what quarterback played with you in 2008? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Speedy don't wear underwear, by the way. Yeah, it was fu- it was funny. You, you, you brought that up. We actually had uh, Dyrell Briggs, a former linebacker who also played for the 49ers, mm-hmm. too, and oh, also with the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Mm. So he actually asked us the first time we had the show who was the quarterback of the Chicago Bears that his Packers beat in the NFC Championship game. That one I remembered. It was Caleb Haney when uh, oh, Jake, because yeah. Jay Cutler was hurt, and then their backup mm. got hurt, too. So they brought him in a, th- a third string guy, and it was <laughs> Caleb Haney. So yeah, it's funny. He actually asked us that. He actually remembered that. So it's funny you were quizzing us on that. We are talking to uh, former. 49ers commanders and Bears wide receiver Josh Moore. So I want to go back to where you were saying about the about the injuries when you first came into Washington too because we have, we've actually had a lot of guys that have mentioned that too. Brandon Lloyd we had on the show uh, earlier this year. One of the he nicest really guys you'll ever meet. Yeah, he, yeah, he was mentioned. And he was mentioning that uh, Washington right now with FedEx Field, one of the two natural grass fields in the NFL right now, but a lot of a lot of players had injuries issues there coming over to the commander. So do you think it is an issue with the field? Do you think it's something else with that with them? And uh, again, what was the difference playing on that in comparison to other teams you played with? Um, I, I wouldn't really say, uh, well, it, I, I see now it's been voted one of the worst fields in the league. <laughs> um, but I think it was more so how like from, from ownership on down to like how things were ran there, you know, I think the things were ran a little better there, especially the communication, just everything. Like, if if I'm your top guy, literally, they signed me and Pierre Garçon, like, mm-hmm. back to back, as soon as free agency hit, first five minutes, you know? So if we, like, your top guys coming in, into free agency, and, of course, I'm, I'm the one coming off a season-ended injury, 
with the 49ers, um, why not let me rehab? You know, why not rehab your guy, get him healthy for the season? It just was a lot of the chaos going on at that time. The whole RG3 era, the whole him and Snyder, the whole everything that's looking like it's about to come out. I wouldn't really say it was the field. It was just everything else that was going on that ain't have nothing to do with football. <laughs> Josh, you, was, you were in the league for a significant amount of time. Do you remember your first touchdown, where you I were, and, and what you did? What was your dance when you, 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 uh, you got your touchdown? What, what, what did you do when you scored your first touchdown as an NFL player? My first touchdown in the preseason was versus the Packers. Um, it was a bomb up the left sideline right before halftime. Um, I think I ended up catching, like, I had a, over 100 yard receiving in the touchdown in that game. Um, that was in the preseason. My first regular season touchdown was versus the New York Giants in New York. It was on the um, double move over the middle versus Corey Webster. Mm. And I caught it, and I was already came. My shoe came off. I remember that touchdown. And I was already down there. So I, I wasn't, you know, all the celebrations we do now, they do now. We couldn't do that back then. The rules was different. You know, you got that $5,000 fine quick. Um, so because I always, when I was at Virginia Tech, I wore number two. I always wore number two for both of my grandfathers because they died before they ever got to see me play sports. Mm. So I always said a quick prayer, you know, just thanking God and, you know, giving them their honor to make it feel like they still with me. And, you know, I, I'm doing this for them. So that's what I did. I got scored my first touchdown. Yeah. I'm a Giants fan. I actually kind of remember that because – I remember after, it. I'm not after, a Giants fan. After the Giants' Super Bowl 42 win, uh, Sam Madison, who was their number one corner, retired. They had Aaron Ross. And Corey Webster was always the slot guy, but I think they moved moved him outside, experiment with him. And I'm like, yeah. wait, who's this receiver that just uh, torched him? <laughs> and it was you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. uh, speaking, of, speaking of the uh, Giants and 49ers, I want to go back to the uh, – First season you had with Jim Harbaugh in 2011, where they uh, you guys went to the NFC Championship game. So uh, oh Jim Harbaugh, gosh. we've we've seen uh, we've seen his personality definitely be a big thing and mm-hmm. with the 49ers and then with Michigan too, especially with some of the recruiting stuff he does. So what was he like on and off the field? I like Jim Harbaugh, by the way. Jim Harbaugh was a creative genius, man. Ooh. It's a lot of stuff with him, but he's a creative genius, especially for me. I was an offensive guy. He was a he he a player coach. You know, he going to teach the game from the quarterback position. And everything he made us practice, we would be, we would be practicing unbalanced line, and yeah, because they're gonna see Joe over here, and they're gonna think we're gonna run this way, and we're gonna bring another tackle off the unbalanced line, running the drag route across the field, and we're gonna hit him for a touchdown. And next thing you know, you get in the game, and it's third and one, and Coach Harbaugh and called this shit perfectly, <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know, so he was just one of those guys. Like he, he, he created situations, and you, you thinking like, man, what are we doing? Like it felt like lower league at times. Some of the plays we drawing up, but he actually run them in the game, and they work to perfection. You know, um, of course, everybody know. You know the whole infamous. You know that we losing the lights go out mm-hmm. <laughs> in the stadium, and then next thing you know, lights come back on, and we start coming back, and we end up winning the game. I think that happened twice that year. Mm. But um, Jim Harbaugh was a great guy, man. I, I, I really hated not being able to stay out there and play for him. Um, when I broke my leg, I broke my leg, what, the sixth game of that season? 
and um he was the first one there when I woke up from my surgery. Wow. You know, he was um he was always constantly checking on me. Um he was always honest with me throughout the free agent process. Um told me straight up, man, we want you, we love you, we want to keep you here. Um, you know, we definitely want to get a veteran guy back with you in Crabtree. And he was talking about bringing Randy Moss in, who ended up coming. And um, he was just an honest, real guy, man. And you got to respect that in that profession, man, because a lot of people all about the money and all about whatever the people upstairs doing. I mean, you, 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 you to his character and to his testament, he was so powerful that he scared Trent Baalke. Because Trent Baalke was the GM at that time. Mm-hmm. If this is your head coach and he take you from a 500 team to a playoff team, back to back to the Super Bowl, why wouldn't you keep him? Mm. I would because agree with he, you. He required too much power. <laughs> you know, he was going. He was too powerful. And he did it his way, and his way worked. Mm. You know, so. There's a reason Byron Leftwich didn't want to coach the Jaguars. Definitely, man. He's scared old Trent there, man. As everybody knows, we are speaking to former 49ers commanders and Bears wide receiver Josh Morgan. You went over to the Washington now commander. You were coached by Mike Shanahan. Uh, your offensive coordinator was Kyle Shanahan. He's now the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. The very hot San Francisco 49ers team, which is just absolutely beating up the Seattle Seahawks tonight, 21 to 6. Tell us a little bit about your time over there with the Commanders, RG3, and Kyle Shanahan. I love the coaching staff. I love Kyle. Sean McVay was on that staff, as you know. Um, Matt LaFleur was on that staff, as you know. And Mike Daniels was, uh, was on that staff. You know, so I loved all of those young guys. Mike Mike was actually my receiver coach. <laughs> well, he was actually the assistant receiver coach because it was Ike Hilliard, and then it was Mike. But uh, it was just a great young staff, man, and it was fun. You know, it was a fun time for D.C. Um, everybody was, you know, excited that I was back home. Everybody was excited about the young RG3. Um, Santana was, you know, looking good and healthy. Pierre was looking good and healthy. Um, young Trent was still the beast that he is today, mm-hmm. you know. So it was a lot of exciting things going on. Um, Alfred Morrison, mm-hmm. Young Reddy, you know, it was just, it was a lot of young talent on that team, man. Um, it was just an exciting time for D.C. You know, that year was the first year we went back to the playoffs since, like, since Clinton Portis and them, like it, it was like a 10 year drought, you know, from yep. when they were there to when we went to the playoffs that year, actually ended up losing to Seattle. Um, but um, yeah, it was a fun time, man. Kyle, Kyle was a great coach. Kyle was ready back then. And you could tell Kyle was ready back then, you know, and um, I, I just don't think Mike was ready to, to step out the way and give him the crown yet. Kyle was ready back then. Between him and Sean, they called like eighty percent of our touchdown plays that year. Right. Yeah, a lot of innovators, mm-hmm. a lot of innovators on that staff. And I think Kevin O'Connell, who's the Vikings coach, was on that staff. I guess later was. on too. Yes, he was. Yeah. So yeah. they had all that head coaching talent for the future, and uh, they ended up with Jay Gruden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Mike Shanahan's Mike Shanahan's tree has been really, really good. Really good. When you look at 
when you look at some of the coaches, Bill Belichick tree and Bill, Bill mm-hmm. Belichick is the greatest, probably the greatest football coach to ever coach in the NFL. His tree is horrible. When you when you look at Bill Parcells, that tree was the the tree that really stuck out. You had Tom Coughlin, you had Bill Belichick, you had all these different guys that came from them. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Pay- uh, Sean Payton came from that tree. Uh, mm-hmm. We were waiting for that other tree to really, you know, come out there and really stand out. And I I really believe the tree that stood, you know. Over the last couple of years is Mike Shanahan's tree, his son Kyle, Matt LaFleur. You were talking about I think Robert Sala was under that tree for a little bit too. I didn't even know McDaniel was either. That's, that's McDaniel was under that, that tree. Yeah. I mean, there there was a lot of good young coaches that was on mm-hmm. was under Mike Shanahan's tree. And and it's it's crazy. Now Kyle Shanahan's tree, which and then you have Sean you have Sean McVay, uh some of the trees, some of the, the play obviously the coaches that came from history. It all stems from Mike Shanahan. So it's it's a fantastic tree, and Mike Shanahan is one of the probably best offensive minds we've seen in the last, I would say, twenty years. And he he always pushed running. That's what he did. Uh, Terrell, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Terrell Davis, if everybody remembers, it, you know, they had John Elway, who had one of the best arms we've ever seen, but he had arguably one of the best power backs in the NFL for five years who was just yeah. running over people. So yeah. he, he always thought, run first, throw second. Over there with the Washington football team with RG3, you had a, 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 a quarterback that can run like the wind, can move outside of the pocket, uh, who you know can run track and field. I think he was an all-world track and field runner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also a good running game. So uh, you played with some of the some, you know, one of the better offensive lines in football when RG3 was there and one of the better quarterbacks. He was the rookie of the year uh, when, yeah. uh, when you played over there uh, with RG3. Definitely, man. RG3 had, you know, I hated to see him get injured, man, because he was having a great year. He had did some Vickish type things that year. Mm. You know, I seen him, um, I seen him fumble the ball versus the Giants with, uh, what's my man name? You know, the Giants always had that athletic D-line. Yes. Jason Pierre-Paul, Justin Pierre-Paul. Yeah. He dropped the ball like two feet away from him. Mm Mm-hmm. Picked it up, got all the way around the edge, <laughs> like this much space, mm-hmm. like this. Got a first down. We drove, ended up scoring that drive. Um, I just seen him doing some incredible things, man, with the flick of the wrist. Um, it was definitely vickish. Um, but uh, I just hated to see him get injured like that because you saw it kind of mess with his head and you just saw the spiral, the downhill spiral. You know, and I just hated that for an athlete like that, for a guy like that. When RG3 and Kirk Cousins were drafted in the same draft, RG3 Mm -hmm. was a top three pick. I remember Washington moving up and giving up their whole livestock of first-round draft picks for RG3. And then they, out of nowhere, Kyle Shanahan loved this kid, uh, Kirk Cousins. And who's still playing in the NFL? Who's one of the top 12 quarterbacks in the league? Kirk Cousins, RG3 is retired because of injury. Now coached uh, by Kevin O'Connell. And, and now Kirk Cousins is coached by Kevin O'Connell, who has a chance to be one, either the top, the, the second seed in the NFC. Are you surprised? That, did you know Kirk? Uh, did you think Kirk was going to be as good as he's turned out to be as an NFL quarterback? I definitely did. Um, Kirk, Kirk was a chill guy, man. He was a, 
He was kind of like Heineke is now, man. Low key, always on the Jordans, always peeping the Jordan shoe game. <laughs> um, Kurt, Kurt was a computer. You know, the way he dissected the uh, offense, the way he got through his reads, the way he learned the offense, the way he even talked football, he was a computer. And, um, you know, when you got a guy like that that was that young, and he showed no fear. You know, we used to put him in the game in crazy situations, but it was like must win. And he just got in there, Joe Cool, just calm, collect. All right, guys, that's what we're going to do. All right, go. No. Bam, you know what I'm saying? And it was just no pressure. He made the right read and we won the games. Um, so you we definitely, you know, even if you know he, he wasn't gonna be a starter, we knew he was gonna have a lot of success in this league and be in this league for a long time. Um, because of what he did, you know. But after those couple of drives when he got in late, those fourth quarter drives and he led us to wins, it was like, you know, and that's when the kind of debate came where, oh, Robert, Rob, RG3 trying to play injured, play through this injury because he know if he sit down, Kirk going to take that spot. Mm. You know, and that's where that kind of came. But, uh, man, yeah, we definitely thought he was going to be very successful in this league. He had everything you needed, you know. I want to move on to another quarterback you played with in San Francisco who coincidentally later played with Washington and unfortunately got hurt, and that was Alex Smith. So what was he like on and off the field? Alex was all grit, you know, definitely the uh, epitome of a leader, um, definitely the ultimate game manager, you know, going to keep you in the game, not going to lose the game for you. Um, injuries killed his career, you know. I was out there four years with him and only got to play one year with him because mm. he was injured every year, you know what I'm saying? Um, and now Alex was a guy that I watched personally at Utah in college too, because one of my hometown heroes, Steve Savoy, um, was at Utah, was his receiver number six at Utah. So I was always watching his game. So I, I, I kind of knew Alex before I got out there. And then when Vernon got drafted, who was another hometown mm. hero, when he got drafted to the 49, I was really watching Alex looking for, you know, all right, what's, what's going on out there? Who won't be getting Vernon the ball? You know, so I was very excited when I thought it was Alex because I just played, all right, man, Alex was Steve quarterback. He got Vernon now. <laughs> Let's go. We're going to win the championship back at the 49ers now. And then I saw it end up happening getting drafted the next year. But um, off the field, Alex was always about his business, um, always about his family, about his wife. You know, he didn't have the kids yet, of course. But, you know, he was just a stand-up guy on and off the field, man. Not going to lose you the game, going to keep you in the game and going to make the play. All grit, man. Alex, all grit. All heart, all grit. I like that. Alex, all grit Smith. I like that. <laughs> tell him he likes some grits and I'll make him all grit. He's the gritty man. You know, I- I'm going to reach out that. You know what? That's what you do. You reach out to Alex Smith, Speedy, and you tell him Josh Mor- Morgan gave you your nickname. Alex All Grit Smith. All Grit. <laughs> All Grit Smith. Oh, he's going for the t- 20, the 30, the 40, whatever the heck it is. All Grit Smith is on his way for a touchdown. Oh, my God. It's All Grit Touchdown. I'm just kidding. I'm losing myself over here. You see that? See that? Uh, I, I have bronchitis, and I, I finally used my play, you know, play-by-play voice. There you go. Only for you, Josh. Only for you. 
As everybody knows, we are talking and speaking to former 49ers, Commanders, and Bears wide receiver, Josh Morgan. Last question for me before we let you go. Um, do you remember who's the who's your favorite player you've ever played with? One. And then the second question is, can you tell us a story about that player? Of course. My favorite player, hands down, was Isaac Bruce, man. Isaac Bruce was a legend himself. I mean, you can't say enough great things about Isaac Bruce. Um, <laughs> funny story about Isaac, I never really heard his real voice until we was on the football field. You know, I never really heard him talk until he was getting interviewed after a game or something like that because everything before that, I was a rookie. And this is another funny thing. When I got drafted, I went to Mike Marks and met Mike Marks for the first time. And I went in there. He pulled me out the weight room. So, you know, I'm in there, sleeves cut off, you know, getting the good work in. It's my, my, my rookie, rookie workout. I'm trying to prove my worth, you know. So he go in there, you know, my muscles popping out. He like, man, what are you doing? I said, what's up, coach? They said you wanted me up here. He said, yeah, I did, but what are you doing? I said, I'm lifting, coach. He said, man, <laughs> call Pat Willis up there. Call Pat up there. Told Pat, man, look at you. You're like Pat Willis. That's our middle linebacker. From the rest of the time, I don't want you lifting no weights. <laughs> he said, I want you to look like Isaac Bruce. I want you to play like Isaac Bruce. And I want you to think like Isaac Bruce. I was looking like, damn, coach, why you draft me for? <laughs> you know, if that's what you want. I'm not, I can't do that. You know, I've, I've been Isaac Bruce size in middle school. But, um, you know, Isaac was just always that, that that leader, that teacher, that big brother, that mentor that I, I never had. You know, I really didn't have a mentor at Virginia Tech. I didn't really have a mentor my whole life growing up. So Isaac, Isaac kind of filled all those voids and, you know, kind of was my spiritual leader. kind of just, you know, was the person that I always went to, you know, but he always whispered, it was, Josh, what the hell am Josh. You know, he just always talked to me like that. That's why when he got in the field, it was the total opposite. Like, he going to talk shit. He, he, you hear his voice. You hear her. You're like, oh, shit. And, then, you know, stuff like that used to get you hyped. Like, you know, it's game day when you actually hear Isaac's voice. You know, so it was things like that that just made Isaac a great guy, man. I remember um, Isaac Bruce, the greatest show on turf. That was yeah. that, that, that Rams team with those weapons over there. Uh, Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce, Kurt Warner. I mean, that and the running game, the offensive line. You had Orlando Pace there. I mean, that was just a ridiculous team. Honestly, they should have won back-to-back Super Bowls if, in my eyes. And I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you why they didn't. But I think everybody knows why. Uh, we're I'm not going to tell you this about this offense, and let me know what y'all think. Mm. The Kyle Shanahan's of the world, the Sean McVay's of the mm-hmm. world, the Matt LaFleur's, all of these offenses is a mix of Mike Shanahan's running game mm-hmm. and Mike Mart's offense with the greatest show on turf. I I can see that. I never thought of it that way, but I, I can see that kind of thing with the way it's created. I can that's see that. Yeah, that's I can see that. That's what it is. That's a very good analogy. Marks never gets the credit. He never gets the credit as a, a, as a coach. Yeah. He never does. I, I don't know. I don't know. I remember when he took over for the Rams, and uh, he he really re you know rebuilt that offense, and they they were still one of the high. 
prolific offenses in the NFL, and he never, Mike Marks, never got credit for any of the offenses that he put out there. And some of the top five, top six offenses in all of the NFL. Even I don't the first understand couple why. years in Chicago, he was good, too, yeah. with Matt Forte. I and, don't understand. Moussa Muhammad mm-hmm. and all those guys, he was, he was pretty mm-hmm. good making that offense. Because the Bears are always known for their defense, but their offense was always below average. It never made any sense why yeah. he never got credit. And that was, that was Mike Marks coming over there, too. And Matt Forte was a rookie. Didn't he have a pl- didn't he have a problem with a player on the field? There was somebody that uh, he had problems with on and off the field, and that's why he got fired from Chicago. Was it Chicago? I I, I don't remember the whole story, but uh, was Brandon there yet? I'm sorry. Was Brandon in Chicago yet? Brandon Marshall was there later. He was with yeah. the he was he was with you the one year, and then he was uh, he came I think a year before you did in Chicago because he was in oh, Miami. I remember he was my he was with Miami before that. It was Bernard Berry yeah. and Musa Muhammad were the receivers. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. And then uh, Forte was the running back. And I, I don't remember what player he had a problem with, but I remember on and off the field there was something going on and. Yeah, he, you know, so that's he, why he got fired because of that. I think so. I, I, I'm not positive, so don't quote me on that, but I could look that up. That's something that I, I don't, re- I remember something happened, I think, with the Bears. I think it was w- with the Bears. If I'm, it was either the Bears or the Rams on why he, he lost his job, but mm. there was something going on and uh, he was obviously fired or, or he was in a lot of trouble from it. But yeah. I, I don't remember exactly what happened. It was a long time ago. I mean, I'm getting old, man. I'm yeah, getting Mar- old. Marsh was with Chicago from like 2008 to 20, 2010. So it would have been sometime in that stretch. And yeah. Yeah. I, like, like, you were, like you were saying, Josh, it wasn't that. That was the time with Brandon Marshall at the yep. time. He came a little later. Mm-hmm. He was a teammate with you, obviously, with uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Jay Cutler. That was that whole thing. That, that would have that been. Was, um, that was Tressman. Been... That was that. That coach, Mark Tressman. Yeah. yeah, Tress was that guy, man. I, I thought that was going to be a Super Bowl team because we had. When I got to Chicago, I was telling everybody put their money on us. Mm. I was like, because we had the same team. The only new guy was me, and the only person that you left had was the Irma. you had the biggest mouth wide receivers in all of the NFL on <laughs> one team. Are you kidding me? Brandon Marshall, I love the guy. I met him. One of the funniest people you'll ever meet. That guy never shut the hell up, man. I was I was at the Super Bowl. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I was over there at Radio Row and I hear I hear this guy screaming all the way on the other side of the Radio Row, and I'm like, who the hell is that screaming? It's Brandon Marshall. He's screaming, but he's screaming on the other side of Radio Row because he saw somebody he hasn't seen in like ten years, and everybody's doing a radio show. And Brandon Marshall doesn't give that give give a hell. I'm I'm, I'm gonna tell you, and he's screaming on the top of his lungs, yo yo, and I'm looking around like, who the hell is this guy? And it's Brandon Marshall, six foot three. 230-pound guy running you know, up and down like he was playing football again. All led by Jay Cutler, a quarterback. Alshon Jeffries also had a big mouth, too, man. That guy knew oh, how to yap his mouth. Yeah, I, he, he ain't really start talking until uh, Philly, for real. <laughs> hey, he backed it up, though. He Philly, did. He which did. I was surprised at because I wasn't he sure did. at the time, like that kind of transition when he first left the Bears because he was, he was dealing with a lot of injury issues, too. Towards he the won a Super Bowl over there in Philly. He was great in that Super Bowl, too. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh, what you were saying? Talk of that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I remember because I uh, he was getting a big contract with the Eagles at the time. They lost all those receivers. They traded a bunch of them away when Chip Kelly uh, got fired. The, then the whole, whole front office really just undid everything. Brandon Marshall. I, in two years. I'm just sitting here right now and just thinking of Brandon Marshall right now. That guy was some personality. I'm sure you have stories about him. He is <laughs> one of the craziest people I have. His podcast is one of the best podcasts right now. In the country, and I could only imagine. I never listened to it, but I could only imagine how crazy he is on that podcast. He has no, some he personality. Now he would be calm on it. Really? Really? Yeah, he be calm on it. Mm. I think that I think that had a lot more to do with football. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I think now that he retired, he been chilling. That was quite a bunch, though. You had, a, you had those two receivers, and then you have your great quarterback leader. And then we still had Martellus Bennett, who yeah. was a character. Yes. I forgot about him, too. Martellus. He liked to fight everybody. <laughs> he would fight his own teammates. He'd fight his coaches. He'd fight anybody. I remember when he was on the Patriots, he fought his whole offensive line. I mean, yeah. that guy, that, that guy, he's tough. Him and his brother, two Big bohemets, man. Those yeah. guys. I remember him with the Bears because I remember the Giants had him that one year and he was great. And then they let him go for whatever reason. And they kept striving his with brother, you guys in Chicago. His brother, you know, he was a good defensive player on Seattle. He was a big yeah, part of that. Yeah, he was a good defensive yeah. player he even before he that on Tampa, too. So he was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you played with some interesting players, man. And Jay Cutler, some a quarterback, to round it all out. <laughs> oh, my God. Jay Cutler. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my God! Jay that was Cutler. a movie. Him and him and Brandon in the locker room every day. Oh my day? God! Oh. oh man, that was a movie. You know what's so funny? <laughs> Excuse me, I'm getting, I'm going, um, I'm trying to heal from this bronchitis. Um, when I watched him and his wife on E Entertainment, you know, Jay Cutler, the Cutler family. I don't, I don't remember mm. what the show was called, but I they they lived on a ranch. He has horses. I never realized the personality Jay Cutler, because he looked so boring. Whenever he spoke to the press, I'm like, this guy is the most boring quarterback. If could I I couldn't imagine I couldn't imagine sitting in, you know, sitting, you know, in a circle when he's calling a play and saying, uh, okay, guys, uh E E H eight three down the field, blah, 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 blah. Let's go. Break. (laughs) And he goes out there and I'd be like, what? I mean, like, what the hell? I mean, like, he, he just looks like a boring guy. He has, there's nothing. And then I watch the show and I'm like, this guy's got some personality. I could only imagine what he did in the locker room. He looks like a guy that would play tricks on people and, you know, tie your underwear up, you know, in the shower and wet all your underwear. I, I mean, he's that type of person, but you would never know because he was so damn boring to the press. He was he he was hated by everybody, and everybody he thought that Brandon press. Marshall hated him. Nah, he hated the press. He knew the press was just trying to get something and eat him alive. He hated the press, but he was definitely it was a fun locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a frustrating locker room, but it was fun because mm-hmm. you look around and you see all that talent. You like, damn, and we ain't went shit. <laughs> Jay Cutler's facial expressions at least made all the memes look good, though. Don't I? I could I I could only remember I, I could only remember Brandon Marshall when I asked him a question. I was like, "Do you remember your time with the Bears?" He says, "I don't want to remember my time with the Bears." <laughs> and I say, "Do you want to remember the time with the Dolphins?" He's like, "I don't want to remember the time with the Dolphins." I was like, "What do you want to remember the time with?" Well, I like my time with the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> Until him and Shanahan got into it. <laughs> 
Oh, man. I, <laughs> you want to you go random quarterbacks? Uh, Kyle Warren, the quarterback of that team. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What, a, what, a, what a personality that guy is, man. Oh, my God. I, I, I've interviewed a lot of you know, artists when it comes to music and athletes. Yeah. For some reason, every time I think of Brandon Marshall, I think of crazy, nutty, and has a crazy smile. That guy doesn't stop smiling, and mm. you don't know what he's smiling about. He just <laughs> he just smiles. I get nervous. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't think he, he put a frown on his face when I was asking him a question. Mm. I, I mean, the guy had a smile that will light up uh, a building, okay? Definitely. and. I, I he is he is an interesting personality. I always thought he would be great for radio. I always thought he would personality wise he would fit. He would work with he could work with anybody. Uh, mm. But uh, I never got a chance to re- listen to his podcast. But everybody tells me it's a must listen to because of who he is as a person and stories that he tells. So it yeah, is, it's the locker room, mm. you know. And I think that's what makes it the best because it's like. It's literally like people having real conversations in the locker room, man. You just got cameras right there. Mm. You know, real stories, real conversations. And, I mean, think about it, man. We done, we done seen some shit. We done been through some shit, mm. you know. The more you, you got to think, most of us, we've been successful our whole lives. So you done seen the best of the best, and we came from the worst. Right. So, I mean, it's a lot of stories to tell, and. A lot of I'm 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 happy because a lot of what's being said needs to be heard. Hmm. We used to say it all the time in the locker room. We used to be like, man, you know, back then it was just always, man. What if Hard Knocks was in here right now filming this, man? This would be a hit. <laughs> Hard Knocks, we always you know that was before this like, social media frenzy and social media went crazy. But yeah. man, it needs to be heard, man. So I'm definitely happy he's doing it. You oh. know, and I hope he continues to keep it up. Hard Knocks saw the 2014 Bears. They were like, uh, you guys might be too crazy for us. Oh, that would have been funny. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been funny. Well, Josh, we really appreciate your time as always. Uh, We'd love to get you on again. Uh, You're a great personality. You're a great guy. Uh, Keep up the good work. Uh, You're a person that is a family man. You giving a kidney to your brother just shows you that you're a family man. And uh, like I said, get healthy. Keep up the good work. We'll reach out to you soon. I would love to get you back on again. One more thing, Josh. Is, is, that, is, that, your fam- uh, is that your family in that painting in the background, too? Yeah, yeah. This is my grandmother, man. She, uh, this is about to be my first Christmas without her. Oh, I'm she sorry. Sorry, Christmas sorry baby. Lost, man. Yeah, she a Christmas baby. Mm. Yeah, my brothers, my cousin, everybody. Oh, that's my grandmother and all her first Grandchildren. You know what we, we you know what I'm gonna do for you because I'm I'm a nice guy. I'm gonna send you a, a you know a cartoon picture of me and you could put me right behind there. <laughs> you could put me right behind there. That would be right there. Grandma lap. Yeah, there you, go. <laughs> <laughs> you put my head on grandma's lap. <laughs> what a what a sight that would be. But like that's a great portrait. Who's that who's that head on grandma's lap? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, John. <laughs> Anyways, Josh, you're awesome. We really appreciate your time as always. Keep up the good work. Like I said, you're you're a good guy. Um and um 
we're looking to get you on again very, very soon. Definitely, man. Let's do it. Uh, we were just talking to former 49ers commanders, Bears wide receiver. Let's put Washington Redskins player, uh, wide receiver, Josh Morgan. Fantastic. Really is a nice guy. Oh, yeah. Really, really nice, and, and we had a lot of fun with him. He's... We went through, like, a, it was like a six degrees of quarterbacks <sighs> we went through. between. We started with J.T. O'Sullivan and ended with Jay Cutler and all everything else I have, in between. Carl, I have bronchitis. What do you want me to do? I'm trying, I'm trying to do a radio show with bronchitis. It's not that easy. I, I'm doing the best that I can, but I, I'm happy to be here. I don't care how sick I am. As long as I can stand in front of a mic and I can speak, I am going to do a radio show. Mm-hmm. So... It doesn't matter. I'm on antibiotics. I just found out I had bronchitis today. I've been coughing and hacking for for weeks. And Speedy will tell you. Yeah, no, it's probably a month now. Straight. It's <laughs> it, 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 And people are amazed that I'm even doing a radio show the way I feel. But I go out every single time, every Wednesday and Thursday and on the weekends on 103.9 FM and do a radio show. Why? Because I love it and, and it's my life and, and I want to produce a good product for all the fans to listen to. So, And if I'm not doing it, who's going to fill in for me? And, and, if, and when I do have somebody fill in, they screw up. So I'd rather just do it myself. But anyways, uh, thank you to Bilal Powell. He, they were, he was fantastic. And obviously, uh, Josh Morgan, ex-49er Bear and commander player. So, uh, fantastic. Fantastic interviews today. They really oh, yeah. were. Absolutely. So, why don't we get into it? We'll have Derek on with us in about 16, 17 minutes. We'll do our picks. Uh, but I want to get into this Micah Parsons thing, which I want to say what I really feel about this story. And I like Micah Parsons. I think Mike, Micah Parsons is one of the best defensive players we've seen in a very long time. When you look at talent-wise, and, and, and we compare Micah Parsons to some of the greats, and Micah Parsons has only been in the league for, what, two years, three mm-hmm. years? Two years. Two years, and he's been a dominant force. Last year, he was Defensive Rookie of the Year. He almost won Defensive Player of the Year. I think he had 14 sacks yeah. or 15 sacks last year. This year, he has like 14 sacks already. And he's, he's right up there. He, he could probably have 18, 19 sacks by the end of the season. He's having a fantastic year. But to attack somebody like Hurts, and Jalen Hurts is, is not a guy that breaks. I, I have never seen him gone out there. It, he was on the Peyton and Eli show during uh, Monday Night Football. Uh, I think it's Monday Night Football. Yeah, it's, it's the Peyton and Eli yes. standing cast. Yes, and, and they interviewed him. Seems very you know, smart, down-to-earth, calm, collective guy that doesn't really take any credit for anything, okay? And when you look at what the Eagles have done this year, they have a great offensive line. They have a great offense with wide receivers and running backs and uh, great secondary. Fantastic. They really are. Fantastic. They would not be the team right now who they are without Jalen Hurts. And I remember before the season started – how many people were saying that Jalen Hurts is going to be gone at the end of the season? They have multiple draft picks, the Philadelphia Eagles. They have the Saints first-round draft pick, and they're going to stink this year. It's going to be a top-ten pick. And then Jalen Hurts puts up the numbers that he put up this year, running and throwing and his accuracy and, and, and just everything that he has done as a quarterback for this Eagles team. And I, you, you can't even compare the seasons that Randall Cunningham had or, or even Donovan McNabb, my favorite player growing up, or even 
some of the other quarterbacks. Michael that, Vick is for sure. Michael Vick. Yeah, was really good. When you look at Jalen Hurts' numbers all around, running, throwing, accuracy, everything, this could go down as one of the best seasons a quarterback has ever had with the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's coming from a guy, ladies and gentlemen, that every single Eagles fan in the beginning of the season was trying to run out. They were running him out. And I'm not saying every, but I have a lot of friends that are Eagle fans. I know a lot of Eagle fans. And there were many, many times telling me that Jalen Hurts isn't the guy. He's not the guy. We're going to go after Bryce Young. We're going to go after C.J. Stroud. We're going to go after this guy. We're going to go after that guy in the offseason. Are you really going to go after C.J. Stroud? Do you really want Bryce Young or do you want Jalen Hurts? And I remember when Jalen Hurts got drafted in the second round, and even I was thinking, well, why would you get Jalen Hurts when you moved up a couple yeah, of years ago? I thought it was ago? way too early. <laughs> you had Carson Wentz, and you have this guy. You brought Nick Foles back. It doesn't make any sense. But honestly, Jalen Hurts has been better than anybody thought he was going to be. And he's still fairly very young. I think he's 25 years old. He's got his whole career in front of him. He still has his rookie contract. If I were the Eagles in the offseason, I extend him and give him what he wants. Mm -hmm. Because this guy is their future. How many quarterbacks that you know, ladies and gentlemen, can squat 600 pounds? I, I'll tell you this. There are not many defensive linemen that can squat 600 pounds. Linemen. And you're talking about 300-pound linemen. This guy could squat 600 pounds, over 600 pounds. Now... I want to see Jalen Hurts play in the playoffs. They're one of the favorites of winning the Super Bowl this year. I don't know if they're ready to win the Super Bowl this year because they have a lot of young players, but they also have some veteran players, and, and they're heavily favored to come out of the NFC besides San Francisco, who's absolutely raking uh, the Seattle Seahawks tonight. Good. But for Micah Parsons to attack... Jalen Hurts, a quiet guy that doesn't brag about himself. It's always about the team. It's not Zach Wilson not taking you know responsibility after his team loses. Jalen Hurts, all season long, even the game that he lost, and it really stuck out, and, and you remember that game. Jalen Hurts took responsibility for that game. He said that if he played better, they would have won. That's that. That's a team player. And for Micah Parsons to come out and say that, um, him being the favorite, you know, for MVP, he doesn't he doesn't agree, or he he disagrees on that thought. Who do you think is the MVP of the league? Honestly, I would love to hear what Micah Parsons got to say. I think he's a great player, and there's no question that he is. And because he's a great player, he speaks out and he says whatever he feels. And that's what a lot of Dallas Cowboys like to do. They speak out and say the stupid things that we said. I don't hate the Dallas Cowboys. I just think it's always fitting that some, one of these guys or one of these ex-Dallas Cowboys like to speak out and say their, their piece about it. And that's why a lot of people hate the Dallas Cowboys and their fans because they don't shut up. But why would Micah Parsons come out and attack Jalen Hurts? What did Jalen Hurts do to you? 
right, ran by him for probably a 20-yard gain in their last matchup. But, yeah, you wonder with the adversity. I have nothing really against the trash talk. It's fine if you're, don't, if you're not derogatory If anything, that's going to piss him off. But, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like somebody who's overcome that kind of adversity is not the right guy to really target. It's a guy that you're going to really fuel even more. Jalen Hurts overcoming all he did throughout his career, going back to Alabama with two, with Tua there, being the backup for him, and then starting when he got hurt, and then going to Oklahoma and um, being a Heisman candidate that year. And again, everyone questioning why they took him in the second round. I didn't like it that early in the draft. I was like, okay, it's, maybe it's a good insurance policy for Carson Wentz. Maybe it's somebody that's something that's good for a wildcat formation or something that Doug Peterson would want to do. I Honestly, was, it's not even close. Who's the second player that could win the MVP this year? Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, that's, he's second, but yeah. I think, not by I, – I mean, Jalen Hurts, I think, is is, is like, like – Way ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes has been turnover prone the last two weeks. That has not helped. Him. It's not even yeah. close. So, yeah, Hurts, I think, definitely separates himself there. But you look at going even back to 2020, they, he gets drafted. Carson Wentz is back up then. 2021, he plays well in a small – 2020, the end of that season, he plays well in a small sample size. 2021 – Remember all the rumors from Deshaun Watson, too. They were one of the teams in the mix, too. They weren't the favorites. It was probably Carolina or Miami at that time. But they were another team that was linked to them because of him, them trading Wentz at the time, too. So he had all that to overcome. He had to really prove himself. He played well towards the second half of that season. And nobody had expectations for the Eagles that last year, either. A lot of people thought they might have been the worst team in the NFC, too. So this is a guy that's overcome so much adversity. He's going to throw probably around, I would say, close to 4,000. He has 3,100 57 yards. Uh, he has four games left. Okay. He'll probably throw between 200 and 300 yards for the next four games. You're talking and speaking about a guy that's going to have at least close to 4,000 yards, probably 3,800 yards. He has 22 touchdowns, only three interception in his, his, his quarterback rating right now is 108.4, which is second in the NFL and second uh, Carl says Dallas needs to win something again before he opens his mouth again. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, do you want to put Jeff through? He's Go on ahead, put him on. All right, Jeff, you're on. I absolutely love Micah Parsons. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened, him saying this. He's so awesome. I love this dude. Why is that? This is what makes Cowboys and Cowboy fans so <laughs> stupid. I knew that was coming. <laughs> so stupid. All Micah Parsons is doing is feeding the beast yep. and absolutely feeding the animal and giving them bulletin board material. This is why the Cowboys go nowhere year after year. Fuck their fans. They're so stupid. <laughs> well, I will say this. Uh, you don't go after the beast that really leads this team. And, and Jalen Hurts is the he's the machine that leads this team. And everybody knows he is the captain. He's the guy that everybody follows in the locker room. He's the last person to say something after they win a game. And he's the last person to say something if they lose a game. So for him, for, for, for Michael Parsons, who I respect as a defensive player, he's a fantastic player on the field for him to attack a player of this magnitude it's not like you're attacking like uh i don't know um brown or or smith or or sanders or something like that which by the way sanders has got a good personality but it doesn't matter because all everyone dude everyone on that team is going to be playing for him now they all are all going to rally around him you don't think the defense is going to want to get a million stops now against dallas to give the ball back to them so they can go score touchdowns? Of course they are. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the whole thing. Mm. The Dallas Cowboys are a perfect reflection of their fans. 
mouth breathing idiots. He's, he already is a vital part of the offensive line's game plan, too, in terms of t- taking him out and making him a decoy away from him. Now he's going to be targeted even more, too, you would imagine, based on that. And I would have a, a different number two than you guys for MVP. Who do you have? So you have you have somebody else other than Mahomes? Yes. Ooh. I would have. I still would have Jalen Hurts number one, but I would have Josh Allen number two. Still Allen. He plays in a tougher division, and they're the number one seed right now. Yeah, but he's he hasn't played well the last couple of weeks. He started on one elbow. I understand, and and but a lot of people aren't going because of his numbers. They have dipped, and yes, they're they're in a hard division. They're in a very hard division, and and he does things Mahomes doesn't. Right? Yes. Do, does Buffalo? Very honestly, because I know that you are in and out with the Jets game, and I know this yes. is going to hurt you. But do does Buffalo beat the Jets this week without really good hard running from Josh Allen? No. Diving for first. No. I mean, he he does things other than throw the football. No, he's he's to me is the most big quarterback I've seen in a very long time. I've seen him jump over people uh, when they play Kansas City. Did you see the? him jump over a player in the fourth quarter that helped lead the Buffalo Bills to win that game and knock off Kansas City. I think that was the last time Kansas City lost the game. Well, Kansas City's offense is designed for numbers. Mm-hmm. Buffalo is a Buffalo's going to be a better offense. They are. Mm. Well, they lost to the Bengals a couple of weeks ago, but besides that, yeah, they were that's, a seven I mean, game winning streak. I forgot between, about the yeah. Bengals, yeah. That's great. Losses can happen. No one's like, dude, every team loses games. Holding law, like one loss against somebody is stupid. Buffalo is nowhere close to number one seed without Josh Allen. It's funny. It's funny. Speaking of the Bengals, speaking of the Bengals, it was funny what Logan Wilson said earlier this week too. He's like, because him and Josh Allen played in college together at Wyoming. He's like, what is your first impression of him? I hope I don't get hurtled by him. Yeah, I, I, I would still have Josh Allen, and then I would have Mahomes three. Okay. And it's going to a quarterback. It definitely is, and. It, 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 Jalen Hurts will have to have – Jalen Hurts will have Carson's to screw up. defensive player of the year is ridiculous as well. Ridiculous. What, who he, leads the league in sacks? Oh, who is it? Bosa? No, his guy. Matthew Judon. Matthew oh, Judon. Yeah, okay. Matthew Judon. I knew he and was going to say an unbelievably – listen, you don't like it, but year after year, the dude is just bringing it. No, and he was a great pickup. And Baltimore, I'm sure, is probably smacking themselves in the head, let the guy go when he became a free agent. He was a great pickup for him. And, and by the way, the, the Bill Belichick Patriots are going to have a lot of money off the books going into the offseason, so I expect them to spend a lot of money. Yeah, it's the, the fourth month salary cap going mm-hmm. into next year. So. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna spend, and they better spend it all on offensive line. Sick of watching this team. But if this isn't about the Patriots, this is about how terrible the Dallas Cowboys keep screwing things up year after year. And I, for one, love it. Well, putting a target on uh, Oklahoma quarterback Jalen Hurts. That's right. Put respect on his name. Oklahoma quarterback <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Yep. And a guy that's, the, I believe. Alabama doesn't get to claim him if you shoot him out of town. Uh, he's been he's been fantastic. Legs-wise, uh, throwing, everything. He he could do everything. And, and, and when you look at now going into the offseason with the draft stock that they have going into, you know, the draft this year. Uh, they could take their pick on what they need. A defense. Could you imagine they get Anderson playing with Jordan Davis for the next 10 years? Who was on Jordan Davis first? Yes, you were. Jeff, we know. He has to stay healthy. But if he stays healthy and you bring in Anderson over there. season and he had a little bit of an injury and he's back in there. Yes. The dude is a Mack truck with handles of a Corvette. Yep. Could you imagine Anderson on that line? That's scary. 
That is going to be a scary, he won't, scary he won't team. be around for the Eagles. No, but the, the Seahawks could draft him, too. The Broncos, I think, are picking a three right now. So if the top two go quarterbacks, <laughs> Seattle could have a The Broncos little... will screw it up. Oh, they'll win enough games to make sure the Seahawks don't pick top five. No, they could beat the just, Chargers. They'll, yeah, I mean, the top five picks are going to be pretty obvious. What are your top five picks right now? Well, it depends on here's the here's the hard thing. There, there's a lot of hard choices that need to be made, right? Um, and it depends on what these teams do. Does Houston, because they have the worst record, do they want to move on from Davis Mills? Is the Davis Mills experiment over? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I think it I, is. Again, he didn't really play bad, but it might be like a Gardner Minshew, Trevor Lawrence type case because the Jaguars were going to pass a, on Lawrence at the time. Well, either. then they'll take a quarterback right. and they'll have a coin toss between whether they like Bryce Young or, or C.J. Stroud better. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, like, and then two would Chicago be, right now. Right, so this is what I'm saying: is Chicago more than likely is trading out of that pick? I would think so too. Or are they drafting Anderson? No, you trade out and get a hundred thousand other draft picks for the huh. future. Interesting. Which is what trading. I think the Eagles could do too, if they're like at four or something, because they don't need like a big big guy, but they could just draft more things. Why not get more depth if, to if help the injuries? If you're Chicago, you trade with somebody at like. Like whatever, 15, yeah. you're going to get three first-round draft picks. Interesting. Yeah, middle-tier team that could use a quarterback, yeah, they could. They would be desperate to do that. Sure, right, you're going to get three yeah. first-rounders, so so that's what you do because if they want to stick with Justin Fields and it, he's coming on and looking better and better, so yeah. if they're still going with that, then mm-hmm. they're trading out. And the Bears are far stay, from one player away. Right, but if they stay and take a pick, it could be Willie Anderson, but I wouldn't – Listen, it doesn't – one guy can change a team for sure, but you go with the draft picks. I just, you know? The way the Bears are, though, too, like they really only have talent. Like <laughs> right now, who spots. are the top five picks this year if the season were to end right now? So it's Seattle's pick from Denver is third right now. Texans, Bears, one and two. Um, it would be – let's see. There's somebody missing. The Eagles pick I know from the Saints is five. There's somebody else in between that mm-hmm. I'm drawing a blank on right now. So right now the Eagles would be drafting at drafting at five. five. At five right now. So they they can take their pick on a defensive player that they're going to want. Uh, maybe they want an offensive lineman that's coming out of the draft this year. To obviously because they're an aging offensive line, it's still a very good offensive line, but it's an aging offensive line. So. Uh, maybe they go after an offensive lineman, the best yeah, offensive lineman. The Seahawks lineman. would be at two, I think. Yeah. Right? The, Se- the Seahawks, the, the Broncos pick from Seattle, uh, that they traded to Seattle is right now three. Yep. And there's another team I'm missing. Maybe it's Arizona, I think. Arizona. The, four Lions, and ten. the Lions will be in there, right? The Lions well, the Lions are six and seven now, so they're not going to be The Lions can the make the playoffs. They're not going to be They're not gonna be drafting hey, the top Arizona, five. I think it's Arizona. Arizona. I think it's Arizona. Yeah. They're right, four and so ten right now. Or four and nine. Right, so, so if it's Arizona, what, like, what's your biggest need? Because. Do you want to move on from Kylo Murray? Like I, you know, are they are they firing Cliff Kingsbury? Which I don't necessarily think they, they should, just but... they just gave Kylo Murray one of the biggest contracts in the offseason. They're right, not moving on from him, right? But what I'm saying is, there's going to be teams that need to make a decision. Yeah, right. Do the Colts want to trade up? The Colts will probably be in the top ten, yeah. are, and, and they desperately need quarterback. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. do they stay where they are? You know. Five, six, seven, and take Will Levis. Right. I think Will Levis is the best quarterback in this class. That's what I think. I do like Will Levis. Yeah, I think Will Levis is probably going to be one of the better ones. He reminds me a lot of Josh Allen. I knew you were going to say that. And a lot of people say he has the arm strength. They said he's a little wet behind the ears and he might need a year. 
to figure Did things out. Did you see out. the video he yeah. put out today? I saw it, yeah. I saw it. It was on Twitter. Yeah, he, he, he knows how to clear the ball 70 yards, 75 yards. Dude, he threw it flat-footed 50 yards. Yeah. It, it is. That's, yeah. But there's, you know, there's a lot of really good players. You know, uh, Speedy, you're going to probably call me a homer here, but is Will Anderson the first non-quarterback taken? Because I could make a very good case for Jalen Carter. Yeah, I've seen that in the top five, too, where if if there aren't two quarterbacks taken, like, say those teams keep their picks that we were saying, keep, keep, keep their picks, the Bears, the Seahawks, the Eagles, if they're still there. Yeah, he's the other guy that's been going, too. If you like Jordan Davis, you'll love Jalen Carter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's a lot there's a lot of guys to pick, but it really depends on the decision. So when you're asking me who, the, like, who the pure best five football players are, mm. I'm not sure I have quarterbacks in the top five. Jeff, do you want to help us uh, make your picks of the week? Would you like to join us? To make picks? Yeah. I'm way behind, aren't I? Yeah, but I'm you can make your well, – let's, let's hear your picks this week. You want to join us? Sure. All right, and we have our buddy, Mr. Mountain, Derek, a.k.a. Beef Patty Mountain. What's up, man? Not too much. How's it going? I'm good, man. Uh, you look uh, look healthy. You got your hair quaffed, and you're ready to go, man. You got to look pretty. Just got man. the haircut today. So well, I, I can great. tell, man. Yeah, you definitely you definitely stand out today. I mean, did your brother go and get a haircut with you? Did, was it like a family reunion over there? No, but I will see him in a couple days. I'm flying down to Philly for uh, the holidays, so that'll be good to see uh, see the bride guy. There you go. Where where are you at right now? I'm in Massachusetts. I'm outside Boston. Uh-uh. Uh, so easy flight, 70 minute flight. You're once you're up, you're heading back down. So not too bad. Well, yeah, we actually have a guy right now on the other side of the phone who's from that area. Is from Rhode Island. He's from the Massachusetts area. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he right now? Where are you, uh, Derek? What part I'm of in, Massachusetts? I'm in Winthrop, Massachusetts. Winthrop, Massachusetts. Gross. Gross, he says. <laughs> don't, worry, don't worry, Jeff. Derek, Derek is an Eagles fan, so he also likes to make fun of Micah Parsons and the Cowboys, too. So there you go. You'll, you'll fit right in. <laughs> as long as he hates the Cowboys, I'm for and their fans. Yeah, it's, I mean, come on, so that's a given. That anyone hates it's really the fans because they are really the worst human beings that this he, earth has. He says that's a given. <laughs> All right, Speedy, you ready? All righty, yes, here so, we go. So it'll be Speedy, Derek. Jeff, and then me. Here we go. All right, so everyone had the 49ers tonight? So yes. That's, that's yes. The first we all had the 49ers tonight. Yes. All right, so there's three games actually on Saturday this week, the first of which is the Indianapolis Colts and the Minnesota Vikings. Yippee. Uh, I'll take the Vikings in this one. This, I think, will be a little bit closer than expected. I think the Colts will be able to stretch their field. I think Michael Pittman has a big game in this one. I think Al Pierce has a nice game in this one against this Vikings secondary with their size, but I do think Minnesota's uh, offense will be too much. The Colts, their defense has improved, but I say, and they still have just too much depth they have to worry about. So I'll take the Vikings in this one. Close game, 27 to 20. Isn't it a little early to have Saturday games for the NFL? No, this is about the time of start. Really? Yeah, no, four weeks ago. The There's no more Saturday. There's no Whenever more Saturday the college football, football regular season the they, they do this. I got it. I got it. Derek, who do you yeah. got? I'm also going with Minnie here. I think uh, Indianapolis is dead. Uh, ever since that tough Philly loss, their, their season kind of seemed uh, over. Um, they've gone on to lose to Pittsburgh on Monday night. They get smoked by Dallas on Sunday night. I know they're coming off the bye, but 
I think the players are probably counting down the days until Jeff Saturday is no longer their head coach. Um, I think the Colts are probably just ready to move on to next year. I don't think they have that much incentive to really win at this point. I, I'm sure Jeff Saturday wants to try to win to potentially get the head coaching stamp, the permanent stamp, but I don't think that's happening. The Vikings need to win this if they want to keep the two seed as we see the 49ers right on, right on their heels here. So I'm going to go the Vikings 24-20. Uh, to 20. Jeff, who do you got? Everyone's going the Vikings. Move this along with your these soliloquies. It's obvious. <laughs> Everyone's going Vikings. I've got Minnesota, too. I think they're going to be able to run against Indianapolis. Uh, I, I believe Cook will have a very, very good game, and, and they'll be able to throw. There's nobody out there in the secondary that can stop Jefferson. Who is? So uh, I definitely have Minnesota in this game. I think this is a blowout. I would say 30-14. to 14. All right, so finally somebody can stop, they can stop dealing with the negative point differential crap. Mm. All right, second game is the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to go the upset here. I'm going to take Cleveland in this one. The Ravens did not look good last week against the Steelers. They barely survived that game. The Steelers' defense, yeah, they're improved, but they're not great. And the Browns, I, they, I think they've done well in terms of stopping the run in recent weeks after it's been a problem for them all season. The Ravens still dealing with a lot of injuries here, and Tyler Huntley did not look great. So I'm going to take the Browns here in the upset, 20-16. to 16. I can't go with the Browns here. I mean, they're down to their third center. Uh, I know Hundley didn't look great, but I think he's competent. J.K. Dobbins last week looked really good. Uh, it was his first game back off that injury. They just need some playmaking ability with him and Andrews. I think that's enough to get over Cleveland here. Watson looked a little better last week, but, I mean, similar to Indy. Like, I don't think they care at all about this year. I think this is basically an extended preseason for Deshaun Watson. I don't think they – are really going to empty the clip and try to do everything they can to win this game, besides playing spoiler. Baltimore's still in first place in the AFC North. I mean, since he's red hot, they're tied in the record, but they have the tiebreaker because they beat him earlier. So Baltimore has to win this one. I think they win a close one, 20-17. to 17. Jeff, who do you got? Yeah, well, we're all familiar with the, the great stories of sports about the injured people that come back, the Willis Reeds. Coming back from the locker room, Paul Pierce after pooping his pants. All of these things. Deshaun Watson's going to climb down off that massage table and finally figure it out against the Ravens team that just can't manage to get it together without Lamar Jackson. I think this will finally be the game that he shakes off that massage oil and plays well. Give me the Browns. Well, he might be hanging out with Robert Kraft at the end of the game. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Cleveland in this game. I don't trust Huntley. That's the only thing. If Lamar Jackson's playing this game, I, I believe Baltimore wins. And I don't like what Baltimore has done the last couple of weeks defensively. They played against a Pittsburgh team that has no offense. They lost their starting quarterback, and there were there were parts of the game that the defense was falling apart. You added Roquan Smith. You added a, a top linebacker. Uh, he hasn't played at the top of his game really since he's been traded. He's still trying to figure out that defense. I believe that uh, Cleveland's going to be able to run with Chubb and Hunt, and they're, they're going to be able to throw the ball. I think Deshaun Watson has his best game since he's come back from the uh, suspension. I believe Cleveland wins this game. It'll be a close game, 21-17. All right, last of the Saturday games, Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. 
Uh, I'm going to take the Bills in this one. I think it will be close. I don't think the Dolphins' defense plays nearly as bad as they did last week, but I do think this is a tough timing trying to be able to transform themselves on a short week. Buffalo's offensive line looked very looked pretty good against the Jets, and the Buffalo defensive line was what I was impressed with against the Jets, with the Jets getting their line back, and Miami's offensive line did not look good last week. So close game, but I'm going to take the Bills. They win. They get the season split. 27-21. Oh, I think Buffalo blows them out here. Uh, I do not trust Tua in the cold. Uh, it's supposed to be snowing. Report, yeah. yeah, weather reports are calling for seven, eight inches of snow. Uh, you got the lake effect in Buffalo. I mean, Tua's talking about he's seen snow in Tuscaloosa. I mean, come here, break. Come on. It's nothing like <laughs> what he's going to see on Saturday night at Buffalo. Um, D'Amico Ryan's put out the blueprint against this Miami offense. I mean, they've had a really tough time moving the football the last two weeks. This Buffalo secondary is getting healthy. I just don't think Miami's going to move the ball in this game. So I think Buffalo cruises in this one. Give me Buffalo 24 to 13. Jeff, who do you got? Uh, Give me Buffalo in this one. They're built for this. It's going to snow. If the NFL isn't too much of a pussy to move this game into a dome (laughs) like they did the last time it snowed in Buffalo, they're built for this. They got a guy from Wyoming playing quarterback. (laughs) They got cold weather guys. They are built for this. They don't have Hawaiian Tebow. They don't have South Florida cheetahs who are going to freeze up in the snow. Give me Buffalo. Yeah, I got Buffalo in this game. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. I expect to see a lot of Cook in this game. Uh, finally, they use the kid. And, and I think, though, Josh Allen has the, uh, the better arm. He is going to be able to throw in the snow. If anybody can, it's Josh Allen. I expect Diggs to have a big game. I don't like what I've seen the last couple of weeks with the secondary from Miami, especially last week. And I expect them to, to put up the numbers. Give me Buffalo in the game. 27-17. Expect there to be one cheetah print bildo thrown on the field. Oh god! I even believe there's going to it's it's going to be high scoring even with the snow. I I still think Buffalo's going to put a 27 spot up against this Miami defense. 27, just 17. Built for this. Yeah. All right. First game of the NFL of his NFL career for Desmond Ritter, the Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints. And I do think they're going to get it done here because the Saints' defense has been leaky this year, especially with a lot of the secondary injuries that they've had. Their offense just lost Michael Thomas for the season. Alvin Kamara really has not turned it around since his injury either. And if you want to beat Atlanta, you have to be able to run the ball, and they haven't been able to do that. I think the Falcons, with no, the Saints not having tape on Desmond Ritter, I think he plays well in his debut. I'll take them 20-17. to 17. Yeah, I actually was kind of excited here. I thought I was going to be the only one in Atlanta here, so Speedy's taking some of my thunder here. But uh, I really like Ritter. He's big. He's got a decent arm. He's had a ton of experience in college at Cincinnati. Um, I think he brings a lot more to the table as a passer than Mariota. I mean, Mariota was just brutal these last couple weeks. Um, So I'm expecting a big game from Drake London. He's kind of been – non-existent after that for the first two weeks he broke out it looked like he was going to be a rookie of the year candidate and then their passing game completely disappeared i think he comes back to life here 80 yard game a touchdown um they're a game behind the bucks i mean they're right there so as crazy as it sounds atlanta could be the nfc south representative so i'm going to take the falcons here in a mini upset give me them 23 to 21 who do you have jeff yeah, uh, Arthur Smith. Let's talk about Arthur Smith for a second. <laughs> what a horrible career decision this kid made becoming a football coach. No, 
he stinks. If he thinks a third-round pick in Desmond Ritter is going to save his hide, this guy is going to be working for his dad next week who happens to own FedEx. That's right. You're going to see Arthur Smith, FedEx driver, delivering packages by Christmas time. This guy stinks. Give me New Orleans. Oh, man. I've got the Saints in this game. I think the Saints are going to go in. I, I like what I see with Atlanta. I like that they bring, they're bring they bringing in Desmond Ritter. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he could be the future of this team. But you're also playing he's against uh, you're also playing a great against a great secondary, a great defense. They're going to put pressure on him, and he's going to make mistakes. This is, this is his first game against one of the more talented secondaries in all of football. He's going to make mistakes. This defense might even have a pick six in this game. Give me the Saints in this game. It will be a close one, 17-10. Jeff, it's funny you brought up uh, bashing Arthur Smith. Errol, you remember uh, Bo that was on our fantasy yes. show? Yes, The way he tweets about Arthur Smith, you, may, you would think he's Adam Gase's coach in the team. <laughs> he can't stand him. It's hilarious. What a terrible career decision. You could have taken over a multi-billion dollar company in FedEx. But no, you wanted to go and be the worst football coach America knows. <laughs> like like him, like like Errol did throughout the season. Well, he's he, could be, he could be coaching the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I know. But he was, he was, the, the main he thing is, the thing you were bashing him for, though, throughout the season is Kyle Pitts not using him. <laughs> that, that, that's all the big reason think, for it. And if you think on week 15, trying some third round pick out there is going to work, you're kidding yourself. Kidding yourself. <laughs> All right, next game will be, uh, I think everyone has a blowout of this one, I would imagine. The Chiefs and the Texans. I have them 27 to 14, the Chiefs. But I do think the Texans will cover that minus 14. <laughs> Derek, what do you got? Uh, I think I think Kansas City cruises here. I would have them in the cover just because I think it's a letdown spot for Houston. They, they emptied the tank last week against Dallas, pulling out the two QB system. I mean, are you kidding me? That's not going to work two weeks in a row in the NFL. Um so, yeah, I think Kansas City Cruz is here, 31 to 13. Hmm. Jeff, who do you got? How, how are people analyzing this game? The Texans have uh, one win and one cut. <laughs> Just say Chiefs and move on. <laughs> yeah, I got Kansas City. I think it's a blowout. I, 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 they'll put a 40 spot against the Texans this week, especially last week, uh, what happened. That, that was a game that I couldn't believe the Broncos almost came back and won. So. In their right mind can yeah. pick the Texans here. How are we analyzing this? Stop being stupid. <laughs> All right, next game. Jeff, Derek, man. you're a Philadelphia Jeff. Eagles to Chicago to take on the Bears. They are nine-point favorites, and unlike the Chiefs, this one I do think they will cover. That being said, I do think Justin Fields plays well in this game. The Eagles have had trouble being they're not a heavy blitzing team. They've had trouble with mobile quarterbacks. I think Fields runs well. I could see him rushing for 100 yards. I think it's close for in the first half, and the Eagles will run away in the second half. But the offense is going to go crazy in this game. We Chicago. need Fields to stay healthy for my fantasy teams. Yeah, well, I, this, stay is healthy. Week, this is a week I think he would have played well, really well in this one. But the Eagles definitely win this game. The Bears off. The Bears defense is horrible. 41-27 to 27 in this gun for the Eagles. Yeah, I'm with you, Speedy. I think, uh, I think Fields is going to have success. The Eagles actually allow the most yards per carry among quarterbacks. So, um... It checks out, just like you said, Speedy. Fields is going to have success. There's probably going, to be, probably going to be a lot of garbage time yards in there for you, Errol, for your fantasy playoffs this week. Yeah, so but he's nice. on bye. I'm on a bye week because I'm a top two team. Oh, that sucks, oh, man. Oh, no that one hurts. cares. Bro, that hurts. Because I think he's going to have a good game. But dummies. like Speedy said, I mean, they're not going to be able to stop the Eagles. So I'm going to take the Eagles here 35 to 21. 
Come on, Warthog. You, you keep complaining down there. What do you got? Oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. That's what I got. Jordan Davis is just a man child. I love watching this kid play football. He's incredible. Would you hang He's out incredible. with him? Would you I give would. him a back rub? Would I, you give him a back I, rub? I, I know. We go into these pseudo-gay <laughs> things with you. It's really awkward. <laughs> I'm just asking. Would you give him a back rub? Dude, move on, bro. This is like you with Speedy's underwear. It's a weird obsession with him. I'm just asking you. Would you give him a back rub? It sounds like you have an obsession with him. No, you have the obsession. I didn't say anything. Eagles. You're the yeah, one that you pick. love this guy. You yeah, love the way I he love, plays. I'm a football player. I'm not, like, dreaming of him. Like, that's where, immediately where you go. Come on. Just, just, all right. All right. Just come out of the closet. All right. Just shut up, you. Yeah, you need to be smacked around with. But anyways, I, I, think, I think the Bears are going to be in this game. I think the Bears are going to have a chance to win the game. I think the Eagles are the better team. I think Jalen Hurts is going to put up numbers, and I think he's going to make the plays at the end of the game to get them over the hump. I do believe Justin Fields will have a big game. I think he'll be able to run against his defense. But all in all, I think the Eagles are the better team. So uh, give me the Eagles. I think it will be close. 27-24. All right. The Pittsburgh Steelers at the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to take the Steelers here. I, I think this is a, a tough test for uh, their running. Their Panthers run defense, which has not been great. Who's this the starting season. quarterback? Who's the, uh, exactly? It's, yeah, it's it, they're still undecided. Mason if Rudolph or Trubisky is still not. If, if it's Trubisky, it's apparently going to be Mason Rudolph. Oh. That might be better. The but. receivers want Mason Rudolph. Uh, I don't know if they actually made a formal decision on yet with that with Mike Tomlin. But either way, it I don't doesn't think, matter because it won't be Pickett. Uh, yeah. I, either way, I don't think that's why they win the game. I think the reason why they win the game, I think, is the running game. Because the Panthers have had instances this year where they haven't been able to stop the run. I think the shorter passes will win this for the Panthers too, or for the Steelers. The Panthers have had trouble against the slot receivers this year. I think Deontay Johnson has a nice game in this one. I think the pass-catching running backs will make a difference. I like Fryermuth in this game as well. And the Steelers' defense has played well, and the Panthers' offensive line is still not great either. So I do think this will be close. I think Mike Tomlin, experienced coach, beats an interim coach in Steve Wilkes. Pittsburgh 23-20. to Steelers reporter said if he were to put money on it, he, he thinks Rudolph's going to be the guy. And apparently him and Trubisky have been splitting reps with the ones all week. I mean, Trubisky was brutal. He had the two red zone turnovers that lost him the game last week. So if you go to Rudolph, maybe it gives their passing game a little bit of a bump, but he can't run like Trubisky. So uh, like, I, I think it's a wash. Um, the Carolina defense has played pretty well the last month. Um, you take away a garbage time touchdown last week against Seattle. They gave up 24 that game. Really, it was like 17. Um, they they haven't given up more than 15 in uh, the last month, other than that game. Uh, the Pittsburgh offense is kind of Putrid. on the same line. Like it's yeah, it's it's a, it's a really bad offense. I think Carolina is playing for Steve Wilkes right now, um, the interim head coach. I mean, I think he's got a decent shot at potentially keep getting a permanent head coaching job. Um, so I think they, they win this one in a really ugly game. I'll take Carolina here, 17-16. Who do you got, Jeff? Yeah, I love NFL football. It's so great, right? Pretty good slate of games this week, and then you hand us this thing. This is like when the – this is like if the Beeb just shows up unannounced to your house. It is an absolute turd in the punch bowl, this game. No one wants to see either team play. I guess give me Pittsburgh in the Beeb Bowl. I was waiting for you to pick a tie, Jeff. No, I, 
I've got Carolina in this game. I think they're the better team. They've looked really, really good defensively all season long. This is one of the more underrated defenses in the league. Yes, Pittsburgh is a good defensive team. T.J. Watt is a man-child. Uh, they have nobody that can throw the ball. Are you going to trust Mason Rudolph to put the ball in the end zone? Are you going to trust Mitchell Chapitsky to run the ball in the end zone? I don't trust anybody, and Pickett's not playing in this game. So give me, I think, Carolina, who has the better overall team. And Sam Donald has looked good the last two weeks. So I'm the shy. You get Sam Donald. <laughs> uh, I've got Carolina winning this game. I think it'll be a, a really ugly game, uh, 21-18. All right. The Dallas Cowboys at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jeff, you're going to like this. I am taking the upset here. I'm going to take Jacksonville in this one. For, you're on the right side of history. For two reasons. <laughs> one of which, I, we were talking about it earlier, Jacksonville's actually done a nice job stopping the run this year, and especially against good running backs they've been able to take away. So I don't think Dallas has the same prolific level of a rushing attack. And can they find that second receiver? We haven't seen it yet with Dallas. They've been Michael Gallup coming back from injury. They just signed T.Y. Hilton. I don't know if they haven't have that yet. And Jacksonville's offense, they've been been able to stretch the field well and their receiving depth is surprisingly very good and outside of Trayvon Diggs the, the Dallas Cowboys secondary their corner depth has not been great Anthony Brown gets torched a lot mm. and Zay Jones I think has a big game in this one I, and Trevor Lawrence he's been fantastic so give me the Jaguars in the upset here Dallas did not look good against Houston so I'll take them 24 to 20 I know you like that one Jeff yeah I really wanted to be on I didn't want to be on Dallas in this one but I feel like Jacksonville is a little bit of a trendy pick and you, you kind of don't want to trust them but I, I'm also on Jacksonville here I mean Anthony Brown is done for the year now I know on prime time he's got his moments on Thanksgiving where his ball skills are not very good but he's been pretty good in that quarterback two slot for them since he's been out Kelvin Joseph has been just a mess um I mean now Tyron Smith is going to be the right tackle with Terrence Steele out for the year. So in his first game back, you're putting a 37-year-old tackle at right tackle. He's been a left tackle his entire career. I just think that's a disaster. Now you have Peters on the left side. So I, I, I think you're taking away a really good player on the left side. You're switching sides. It's not Madden. Switching sides for <laughs> offensive linemen that have played in the league for 15 years is a really hard thing to do. Um, I kind of like this, pa this pass rush unit on Jacksonville. Speedy said they got a lot of depth on that D-line. Trevor Lawrence is coming off his best game as a pro. Um, I think Jacksonville wins this one. I will take them 27-23. Who you got, Jeff? Yeah, look, this is just what Dallas does every year. They win a couple of games. They think they're good. They're talking shit <laughs> unnecessarily. They don't. Do they know they're playing the best quarterback in the NFL in the last six weeks? <laughs> do, do they know? They're Michael Parsons talking about Philly. Yo, you got to play Sunshine from Remember the Titans this week, bro. <laughs> like, like you, you, they're totally not even taking them serious. If you're talking smack on Philly, Jacksonville's coming in. Christian Kirk's playing good. Zay Jones, actually, the best downfield receiver in the in the league this year as well, right? Like, give me Jacksonville. I love it. I love when Dallas chokes. They are a bunch of punks. I love this. That fat pig McCarthy sucks. And their fans are terrible. Their fans are going to deserve this too. When they lose and the beef has tears welling up in his eyes and he's sad, just remember, you look past sunshine. From, Derek doesn't know who the, the beef is. <laughs> Don't worry. You're yeah. better off. Oh, I understood Yo, the sun, yeah, I, I sunshine wish I wish I could scrub that, that muskrat from my brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I want the Cowboys to lose. I do not want the Jaguars going into the Jet game, uh, you know, 
hot. I but they struggled to beat the Titans. How are they going to beat the Jaguars? I don't know. Anyways, I I. I I think the Jaguars are going to win this game, and I'll tell you why. I, I know everybody keeps talking about Trevor Lawrence, but I like what they could do on you know running the ball. I, I do. I, I think their offensive line has played a lot better the last few weeks, and their defense is just they're playing flat-out dominant. They, they really have been, uh, and they're, get, they're, getting, they're, they're stopping the run. They're getting at the quarterback. I think they do it, uh, they do it on Sunday. I, Dak Prescott has not looked good. Over the last few weeks, and, and this Terrible offense, and this offense has not looked good. Their wide receivers, who besides CD Lamb, now now they have T. Y. Hilton coming in. I mean, how many snaps is he going to have? This isn't Odell Beckham, so I, I'm not going to bet that T. Y. Hilton sees more than two or three plays on the field early, uh, or later in the season. So, and he's old, anyways, and he, he can't stay healthy. So, uh, give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. It will be close. This game will be close. I, I 24-23 Jacksonville. All right. Last of the 1 o'clock games, the Detroit Lions traveling to MetLife to take on the New York Jets. Mm. This will be a close game, too, but I am going to take the Jets for two reasons, one of which is I, I like their ability to shut down the run, which Detroit relies on a lot. It's not just DeAndre Swift, too. It's Jamal Williams and Justin Jackson in recent weeks have been able to get a lot, but the Jets per carry are number five against the run. I think they'll make it harder on the Lions in the red zone, too. And Amon Ross St. Brown versus those corners are going to be a very interesting matchup. I don't think you'll see him having that massive target share he's been having in recent weeks, too. So they're going to need somebody else to take over. I think that guy will be Jamison Williams. I think he does play well, and I do think those tight ends play well, but I do think the Jets will be able to shut down Amon Ross St. Brown, and then offensively for the Jets, I think they'll be able to spread the ball around nicely against a Lions secondary that is not very deep, and the Lions have a struggle against the run, too. So give me the Jets in this one. Lions are too hot. I think this is the final of the game they crumble. 27-21. I unfortunately got the Jets right last week. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, they did lose to Buffalo. Mm. I'm so going to get it right fault. again this week. Be- because I'm with you, Speedy. They're going to win this game. And there's one reason why. There's one reason why. And, and I'm telling you, it's a layup. Jared Goff in the cold in mid-December. I mean, we know what this guy is. Everybody's blowing him up, kind of pumping his tires this week. I'm hearing about how the Lions have to bring him back now. They should build around him. We're doing this whole song and dance for Jared Goff, and that's great. But over their little winning streak that they've had, they've won five of the last six games. I'm just going to tell you those six games. Green Bay at home, Chicago, worst defense in the league. New York Giants, they're crumbling. Buffalo at home, they lost. Good game. Only good defense they played. Jacksonville at home, Minnesota at home. I mean, this guy's been playing in a dome for the last six weeks. Now he's going to go outside against that Jets defense. I'd feel a little better if Quinnen Williams was going to play. He's not going to play in this one, but the Jets have enough on defense. Have they to, decided to that? I think it's a 50-50. He hasn't practiced all week, oh, so I, we'll say. Yeah, I, I, I'm assuming he's They said it was a game-time decision. So. Okay, and I'm assuming that Corey Davis is not going to go either. No, no that doesn't he, seem likely at all. Uh, I think they're better I mean, off. that's two big hits, but I, I still like the Jets here. I still think they're going to score enough, and I really think Goff's going to struggle against this defense. It's going to be a huge step up from what he's seen the last six weeks. So I'm going to take the Jets here 23-16. to 16. Who do you have, Jeff? Yeah, I never thought I would say this. I've been alive a oh, long God, time. Oh, God, please. I've never said these words before, oh, ever. Man. The Detroit Lions are coming, right? <laughs> Dan Campbell. 
I know it. Turn this team around. Dan Campbell, the, the Motor City Kitties are a thing, right? Jamison Williams is back. Now that he's going to, he's played a real game. This will be his second game. He adds a whole new weapon for the Detroit Lions because this game is going to be about getting the ball into the end zone. Touchdowns are going to matter. And the Jets don't have a quarterback because if it's an injured Mike White, that might as well be Zach Wilson. And if it's Zach Wilson, oof, that stinks too. So give me the Lions, and I'll even pick you a score because I think there's going to be touchdown score. Because I, the Jets' best player is going to be Brandon Mann. Just going to be punt after punt after punt. It's going to be a field position game. Give me the Lions 20 to 15 because Zerline makes five field goals. No touchdowns for the Jets. Well, he's on my fantasy team, even though I'm not starting him. Because I, I No one cares about pretend football. We're living in reality here. <laughs> Listen, being that it's going to be cold on Sunday, there might be a little bit of snow. There'll be a chill. It'll be windy. Let me speak for a second. I let you speak, so be quiet, you. Um, Mike White is going to play. I think he stays healthy uh, for the the remainder of the game. And I think the offensive line, even though a couple of – Bad plays in the second half last week. They played pretty well. They're going to be able to run the ball, even against this Lions defense. I believe they're going to. And and, and they're going to put pressure. Bam Knight has played very, very well. Uh, and, and being that it's cold, when you run the ball in the cold, what happens? Everything moves. It's just it's not the same. It's harder to stop those running. You want to move out of the way later in the in the third and fourth quarter because it's so cold. Because it hurts even more when you get hit. I think Bam is a basher. I think they're going to be able to run. They're going to co- they're going to control the clock. And Mike White will make the plays when he needs to make the plays. Garrett Wilson will have a touchdown in this game. He'll have over eighty yards. Uh, he's been unbelievable for the Jets. And I, even without Quinn Williams, I I still see this defense being elite. Williams, you, you, you talk about Williams. Who who's he going? Is it is it is it Reed going to play him? Is it Sauce Gardner going to play him? One of those guys are going to stop him, especially as this is going on his third week in the NFL. His last week, he didn't have one catch or any yards. What's he going to do against the best secondary in football? I don't think anything. And as far as uh, as far as Brown is, Brown's fantastic. He's a fantastic player, but he's never played against the secondary this good this year. I think Brown will be held to 70 yards, no touchdowns. I think the Jets will stay in the game. Swift scores a touchdown. Jets win the game 17-7. Derek, I just want to say one more thing before we move on to the next pick, uh, too. Jared Goff, you mentioned the cold weather thing, outdoor stadiums. Uh, Just on the road this season has only two touchdowns passing this year, and he has 20 at home. It's more Jamison Williams is back. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be very windy. It is going to be a windy day. Uh, Here, at, here's the problem with life. making the prediction in this game, though, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the problem with it, and this is no offense to the Jets or anything, yeah. right? but, w- but we know the Lions has one offense, right, that they've had all year. Yeah. Well, now their offense is completely different because they have a first-round really good wide receiver mm-hmm. that's being injected into that. Mm-hmm. So whatever you thought of them before, they're probably going to be better. Probably. Let me ask you a question. Do you remember what happened to Jamison Williams against Sauce Garner the last time they played? Yeah, actually, Jamison Williams had a pretty decent game, put up some yards, but he did tear his ACL. Okay, so 
That's all I got to say. All right. On to the oh, you, you're, you're crediting <laughs> Sauce Gardner with a torn ACL? Is that, what, is that what you're trying to do? I'm just messing with you. you Go ahead. Go ahead, Speedy. I don't want to hear this anymore. All right. Go. Go. On to the 4 o'clock games. A game that, another game that could qualify for the Beef Bowl, but Jeff will never do that because Zayvon Collins plays for the Cardinals. But definitely Love a Beef. Zayvon. Dude, the De- referees are ruining his career. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Don't worry. Don't worry, Jeff. For this, for my pick, I will definitely reference them as Arizaven for, for, for just for you, Jeff, because I am picking them to win this game. Because, like But here's the thing. Because here's the thing. Colt McCoy, who's uh, starting now, he's actually beaten the Seahawks two years in a row, once with the Giants in Seattle, and then last year with Arizona, too. And the Cardinals, I think, actually have some uh, some good pass-catching weapons on with their running backs, too, that I think will be a good counter to this Broncos defense. I think the the Broncos have been struggling against the run a lot. I don't think they need to stretch the field. And then the Cardinals defense, they can blitz. And the Broncos offensive line has really struggled against that. I don't think Russell Wilson will be able to run either. So I'll take Arizona here. 17-13 in the uh, Beef Bowl, too. But this time with Arizaven. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going with Arizona. I, I don't even know if Russ is going to play. He was a limited participant in practice today. But some reports I'm seeing are... They, they think it's a long shot for him to clear protocol before Sunday. I mean, he got lit up last week against Kansas City. I think it would be kind of crazy if he if he was playing this week. But, um, yeah, I mean, Cole McCoy versus Brett Rippon. I mean, can you think of a worse game if that's, like, what happens? Um, before the year, you look at this game and, and you're like, this might be a pretty good game. I mean, Denver has some playoff hopes I mean even some outside Super Bowl hopes with what we thought Russell Wilson was going to be and Arizona went to the playoffs last year now this game is just absolutely brutal um so I'll I'll take Arizona here just because I think McCoy is competent I I don't think Rippon really deserves that title so just give me Arizona in an awful game uh 20 to 14. Go ahead Jeff. Yeah I I can't I can't pick Arizona in this game. I, I am a known Zayvon Collins fan. I do like Zayvon. If the, the referees have robbed him of two touchdowns in the last two weeks, it is unbelievable how much the league hates this guy and they shouldn't, right? Because I also love the way he drives, just like the way he plays, fast, right? But I, you, I don't know how people can pick Arizona. Everything seems to be working against them. Players are fighting with each other. Cliff Kingsbury's on the hot seat. Steve Kime is now taking some phantom leave of absence because everybody hates him now, too. It just doesn't feel like Arizona's collectively moving in the same direction. So I'll take Seattle in this game. Seattle? You oh, mean Denver. Denver, you mean. Oh, um, yeah, no, I'll take that. Oh, wait, I thought they were playing Seattle. No, no they're playing Seattle Denver. Played tonight. They lost. <laughs> oh, oh, they're playing Denver? Okay, yeah, give me give me Zayvon Collins. Arizona. When he I said Seattle, say they were playing the Seahawks. No, he mentioned the Seahawks. <laughs> oh. No, I said Colt McCoy beat the Seahawks last year as a, as a, when he oh, came to come in for Kyler Murray. You totally had my brain in a blender. Right and then there. the Giants beat the Seahawks in 2020 oh, when Seattle was a playoff yeah. team, and they beat. They oh, yeah. won. If, they're, if they're playing, yeah, yeah. If they're, if they're playing Denver, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, give me, give, give me Arizona. I mean, this whole nonsense with Broncos country. Let's ride. Where are you riding to? You stink. Denver stinks. No. They don't even belong in the league. Dude, Pete Carroll, him and John Schneider, GMs of the year. They fleeced Denver. Fleece them. Worst trade I've ever seen. Ever. 
Yeah, I got Arizona in this game. I, I believe, even though it's Colt McCoy versus Ripken, it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is. I, I believe Arizona's going to be able to run the ball. John Connor, John Connor, the last couple of weeks has looked pretty good. Uh, Denver's defense has looked crappy, even last week against Kansas City, even though they were back and forth with one another. This Denver defense has not been the same. Uh, give me Arizona in the game. They're going to be able to throw. They're going to be able to run. And, and Arizona's defense has played much better this last, the last couple of weeks. So Arizona wins 25 to 14. All right. The Speedy, New- Speedy you got to stop doing that. My brain was in a blender as soon as you said Seattle. I was just tired of it. It was a mess. All right. We don't need to talk about the Seahawks for the rest of the show. Don't worry about it. All right, Jeff, this is uh, your team, the New England Patriots, against the Las Vegas Raiders, the alleged Josh McDaniels revenge game in which he will get revenged on, and the Patriots will blow them out. I'm taking the Patriots big here because I think they'll be able to limit Devontae Adams. They love to shut down the number one receiver. And – well, we mentioned it yesterday, Errol. They don't let their other receivers do anything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you really trust them to be able to have, exploit that kind of game plan? The Foster Moreau, who's coming for Darren Waller, he played well in certain weeks, but he's dis- disappearing in others. And where are these other receivers? Matt Collins here and there. But I think they'll let Josh Jacobs get his. He'll get a touchdown and 100 yards, but they'll be able to do everything else. And I think the Patriots offensive line will be able to game plan for Chandler Jones because Bill Belichick knows him too. And the Patriots offense will take off against a bad defense. Give me New England 30-20. to 20. Yeah, I think the Patriots cruise here. Uh, Speedy, you said it, but I'm looking at Josh Uche, who's had 10 sacks in the last five games, and Matt Judon, who has 13 sacks on the year against those Raiders tackles. I mean, talk about a mismatch. Um, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller were activated off the IR this week, which I thought was really surprising. I just figured they would shut those guys down. Um, But if they play, like, that's something you definitely got to monitor because – Outside of Devontae Adams, Speedy said it. I mean, those receivers are putrid. It's Moreau. It's Matt Collins. I mean, it's really not much. But give me New England here. Even if Ramondre Stevenson can't go, Kevin Harris looked pretty good in relief last week. Pierre Strong looked very good in the backfield last week. So, um, I mean, they got a stable in that backfield. Uh, Patriots crews here, 28-17. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, uh, it's so hard to pick the Patriots here because their offense – stinks it's just one of the worst matt patricia i can we get a cannon to fire this dude in outer space i don't know he might not fit this is this is where that dude belongs in outer space he is terrible the only saving grace that the patriots have is they play good defense they have the reigning defensive player of the week in josh uche they have the league leader in sacks and matthew judon and very sneakily they got a guy named marcus jones who plays in all three phases of the game, he returns punts, he scores, he's playing wide receiver and defensive back. How are we not talking about this guy as defensive player of the year? He does everything. And Josh McDaniel stinks. Give me the Patriots uh, four to three. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got Vegas in this game. McDaniels knows Bill Belichick. And, and I, I, again, the Patriots like to take out Adams. They'll probably take Adams out of the game, but... Uh, Josh Jacobs is going to be able to run the ball, and he'll control the clock. And I, I, I still think Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Mac Jones. Uh, the questions are really going to ask, have to be answered by the defense. What is Vegas going to do against the Patriots in the second half of the game where the Patriots like to put up their numbers? If, if somehow Vegas could keep them to a 7 or a 10 spot in the second half, I think they'll be able to do enough to win this game. Give me the Vegas Raiders in this game, 21-14. 
All right, the Tennessee Titans at the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers offense looked very good last week at being able to stretch the field. I think they will be able to do that again. The Titans secondary has really struggled. That being said, the Chargers red zone offense, I think, is what will end up costing them the Tennessee front seven up front. Very physical. I think they'll be able to limit Austin Eckler, and the backup running backs really have not been overly productive. And then on their offense, I, got, I love Derrick Henry. Tennessee I, better win this game, or they're in a lot of trouble with I, Jacksonville. I guess a really bad Chargers run defense. I think Derrick Henry goes off. I like the kid, Aquano, at tight end. I think he's a good matchup nightmare for this Chargers team that has a lot of smaller lines linebackers and safeties and I think he'll be able to pick it up and I think the Chargers red zone defense holds them into field goals so I'll take the Titans in a in a close one here I'm going to say 27-23 I went into this thinking I was going to pick Tennessee but I, I can't do it I, I don't like trusting the Chargers at all I usually like backing Vrabel when he's in an underdog spot uh, coming off a blowout loss now two blowout losses in a row but you look at that injury report today no Derrick Henry practice, no Jeffrey Simmons, no Traylon Burks, no Christian Fulton, no Dondrell Hilliard, no Amani Hooker, no Nate Davis. I mean, some of that stuff's veteran rest. Like Derrick Henry's probably going to go. Nate Davis is probably going to go. But, I mean, uh, Simmons will probably go. But, I mean, a handful of these guys, Burks, Fulton, Hooker, they, they didn't play last week. They're question marks. I mean, these are big-time guys on their team. Um, David Long should go in this one. He didn't play last week. Um, but – I mean, this is we're, we're talking about five, six huge contributors on Tennessee, even if they're playing, they're, they're playing banged up. Um, you got the Chargers offense, which looks like the 2021 version of themselves with Keenan Allen back, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer in that third receiver role. I mean, Herbert is humming now. So I think they're just going to chew up that secondary like Speedy said. So I'll take the Chargers here. Twenty six to 17. Jeff, who do you have? Look, a lot of times in this league, uh, when you don't trust either team, which I don't trust either of these two teams, uh, it just comes down to who has the better quarterback. And so I'm going to take Herbert in the Chargers for that reason, because Ryan Tannehill is just a lump. He is just a cyst on that team. He, he stinks. And I have to believe the Chargers are going to have some motivation to not let the the, the Jets potentially get in front of them for the playoff race. So uh, with the Patriots winning and, and the Chargers would have to keep pace, uh, I, I'm going to take the Chargers, and that'll be one more nail in the coffin of the playoff hopes of all Jets fans. <laughs> I have Tennessee in this game. It has nothing to do with the Jets. I, I still think Derrick Henry is going to play. They have a lot of injuries, but I don't trust the Chargers. Now, there is uh, the thought that Joey Bosa will be back this week as well as he could be. Uh, so that adds another uh, another position, another defensive player that they've been missing, and he is going to rain, raise havoc on that defensive line. But I think Tennessee is has enough and will be able to run enough in this game to uh, seal the win and, and seal the lead in this game. So give me Tennessee. It will be close. 17-14. All right, last of the 4 o'clock games, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bengals, I think, win this one with their defense more than their offense. This is my upset one. of the week. By the I way. think this is going to be a, a, a Joe Burrow's going to have a little more trouble against with that pass rush. That secondary for Tampa has played pretty well outside of the 49ers game. And I do think they have physical corners that could shut down outside of T. Higgins, the other receivers that can make it close. And obviously they could shut down the run, too. But the, but the Bengals defense is on a whole nother level. And that's me saying it. The, Eli Apple actually has played well in this game. I think he'll be able to contain Mike Evans. And Mike Hilton against Chris Godwin P could be a good matchup to contain them as well. So Bengals win with their defense, not as much their offense. 23-13. 
I, I can't back the Bucks here. I was going into this thinking maybe they could upset. Trey Hendrickson is out. He fractured his wrist last week. That's a big loss, and that could help Brady. And, I mean, just that O-line. I mean, that O-line has just been so brutal. No Tristan Wirfs. Donovan Smith's been a mess. Um, but I, I can't do it. I mean, they've given me no signs of optimism, of hope that they can turn this thing around. Um, on the other side, the defense, we know Shaq Barrett's out. Antoine Winfield's out. Sean Murphy Bunting's out. Vita Vea is out. It's not the same team. It's just not the same Bucks that we're used to. Uh, the Bengals are absolutely rolling right now. If uh, you were to say that they're a top three team in the NFL, I think at, at this very moment, I think it would be kind of tough to go against that. They, they, they look like a really complete team. The way the offensive line, the way the offensive line has been able to progress, Burrow's been really, really good the past two months. Um, I got the Bengals here, twenty-seven to seventeen. Now you have me thinking up differently. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, this is, I, I mean, as clear as can be. The, the Bengals are a good team. They need to win to keep pace. Uh, the Buccaneers, what is going on with the Buccaneers? What a year. Giselle has left. Tom looks a mess. <laughs> Everyone's hurt on the offensive line. Our pets' heads are falling off. I don't know what is going on anymore. It, what an unmitigated disaster the Buccaneers have been. So you got to pick the Bengals. Well, after what Derek said and all these injuries, I didn't really look at the injury report. It doesn't really look good for the Buck. Tom Brady should just play on the field by himself with no offensive linemen. I mean, been. serious. He has been. Oh, my God. Where have you been? He has been doing that. Well, I got the Bengals, I guess. I mean, I, 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 I was going with the upset, but after looking at the injury report, I, I'm, I'm sick to my stomach. Give me the Bengals. I think it's a blowout, 30-10. to 10. All right, Sunday Night Football, the New York Giants at – the Washington Commanders. Uh, our guy Josh Moore going to like this one. I'll take the Commanders in this one. The, Gi- the Giants defense has given me no optimism whatsoever. That secondary since it's been bang- banged up. No McKinney, no Adoree Jackson. They have not played well. And quietly, this Washington wide receiver room has actually been one of the best in the league since Jahan Dotson has come back, too. Curtis Samuel has elevated his game, too. Jahan Dotson looked really good. He looked great against the Giants in the first meeting. And, the, and Washington could stop the run, too. Taylor... Henneke. Washington could stop the run, too, and Saquon hasn't been the same in the last couple of weeks, so I know he's dealing with a neck injury last week, but the Giants' offense really just doesn't look good at all. I think this is a blowout. Give me Washington 27-13. to 13. It's hard to believe the winner is going to be 8-5-1 and one after this game, but that's where we are. Um, I'm going to take the Commanders, too. Uh, the Giants' point differential since week 8, minus 53. Oh, I mean, God. they're that's coming back down to earth. The wheels have fallen off. I still think Dable is a great coach. I think him and Joe Shane, the GM, are going to be a really good organization for the next three to five years. I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the NFC East, but not right now. They just don't have the talent. Saquon, the wheels are falling off. Clearly, I, I, I don't think he's hurt, but I just think they've been the workload is catching up to him off the second year off the ACL. Um, the receiving room is just not good enough. Daniel Jones, we know what he is. Um, it's just not going to be enough against this Washington team. I mean, they got top-tier talent on that de- on that defensive line. They have really good talent in that receiving room, like Speedy said. So I think Washington cruises here 24-13. to 13. Jeff, who do you have? Yeah, I refuse 
to ever pick anything Washington Commanders until Jeff Bezos buys this team. (laughs) Daniel Snyder might be the biggest piece of shit on the planet. Not only did he leak John Gruden emails and and to try to deflect from his thing, not only is he a tax cheat, he's stolen money from the owners. Did you see how he disrespected Sean Taylor and went to go unveil a statue and it was a stupid goddamn mannequin? This guy deserves nothing. And I think Brian Dayball is just the hero we need to bury this son of a bitch. (laughs) Just when you think the Giants are out of it, Brian Dayball is going to do something spectacular and call a play, and Danny Dimes is going to do something. Give me the Giants in this game because I refuse to root for evil. I have the commanders in this game. I, I think Taylor Haneke has played pretty well ever since he's taken over as the quarterback. I think he will be the starting quarterback next year moving forward. I think the team believes in him. They're going to be able to run the game. They have one of the more underrated running backs in the league in Gibson. Uh, they have some good offensive weapons uh, on the outside. And, and by the way, the offensive lines play pretty well. They've protected Taylor Anarchy. They're giving him time to throw the ball. And the defense, it, to me, going into the season was really one of the more underrated defenses in the league. The first half, they, they were iffy. And now they've gotten better as, as the week's gone by. I think uh, this Washington commander team could be a playoff-bound team. I like what I see. Give me the commanders in the game. 24-14. All right, and Monday Night Football, a battle of the two biggest underperformers in the NFC, the L.A. Rams at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, this game will be close. I'm going to take the Rams here. Because, oh, my God. Because just for one reason, I don't trust the Packers' defense. The Packers cannot stop the run. You want to have an opportunity. You're to taking work. the Rams and Baker Mayfield. I am because I don't trust the Packers' defense. The Rams' defense has still been pretty good this year. Yeah, they've underwhelmed. You're talking about individuals that have underwhelmed this year, sure. But they're still top ten in a lot of statistics. The Packers cannot stop the run to save their life. Their, their corner depth outside of Jair Alexander still hasn't shown much this year. And I think Baker Mayfield running even that game against the Raiders, too. I could, I could trust them to do that. They can stop the run. I don't think Aaron Jones has that big game. Christian Watson's really the only guy I could trust with the Packers. And the Rams, I think uh, they'll win this game. I think they win it close. 23-21. to 21. Speedy, you're nuts. <laughs> There's no way the Rams go into Lambeau in the middle of December and win this game. And I, I get the Packers aren't the same, but I mean, off that emotional win last Thursday night, where Baker Mayfield had the 98-yard drive. This is a huge emotional letdown spot for the Rams. You're telling me you're going to back Baker Mayfield and Tutu Atwell in the cold in Lambeau Monday night. I just don't see it. I think Green Bay cruises here. I think Watson's going to continue to do his thing. I think A.J. Dillon is going to have a more prominent role in the ground game. He kind of hits his stride in December, January. Um, I think Green Bay wins here, no problem, 27-10. to Jeff, who do you have? Yeah, see, this is this is uh, what you get when your quarterback's a greedy prick who's high on ayahuasca. You get no offensive weapons. You get a team full of people that hate him. They're underperforming. And Baker, five days with that team, and he came out cooking. Give me Baker Mayfield to stuff that hippie back in a locker. <laughs> Well, I, I, I think Baker Mayfield, the, the best chance Baker Mayfield has a chance of winning this game is if he runs around the field naked like he did in college. There is no way in hell he's going into Green Bay and winning this game. There's no way. Uh, so I, I, I don't even care what happens. Lambo isn't the place you once remember. It is going to be, it's going to be really ice cold. It's supposed to be in the mid-20s. It's going to be snowy, probably, and windy. 
There is no way in hell this L.A. Rams team. They're going to be running under their heaters. I mean, they're coming from L.A. out in the sun, 80 degrees, Baker into the cold. Baker's used to it. Yeah. What, in Oklahoma? Browns. Yeah, Cleveland. Mm. Baker's used to it. He played in Cleveland. He knows cold. Mm. Baker will stand up to it. Mm. Baker's our hero. <laughs> they want a game in freezing cold Pittsburgh in the playoffs. I have Green Bay, and I think this is a blowout, okay? This is an absolute blowout. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. The quarterback for the, for the Packers is, is, is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is playing. Aaron Rodgers is playing. Yeah. They're, they're playing Aaron Rodgers because they're still playoff bound. The only way you see Jordan Love is if they're completely out of the playoffs. Now, if... They, if the Lions win this week, and the Green they Bay will. Packers lose, they're completely out. So that's great. Go Lions. So <laughs> shut up, you. <laughs> that's just scenario. He, You're a complete moron. But yeah, I got Green Bay. It's a blowout, thirty-seven to fourteen. It's it's not even going to be close. That's it. That's our picks. Let me tell you something, Jeff. You are a one unique personality. Okay, you really are. What? I, all he said was go Lions. <laughs> go Lions. You haven't said, you've Detroit said more than City that. Kitties. You've said more than the that. Motor, yeah, the Motor City, Kitties. Motor City Kitties. You have the beef ball. I mean, how many beef balls did you have? Oh, that, that game is a turd in the punch bowl. Tell me otherwise. <laughs> a lot of good games this week. That ain't one of them. That's the beef bowl. Honestly, I don't. there might be two good games. There's really not that many. There's a bunch of good games. The Raiders, Patriots, even though, you know, not two great teams, that should be at least a competitive game. All right. Like, that's what makes a good game, a competitive game. Miami-Buffalo you know like, will be an interesting game. I think that that's yeah, a game right. that stands. Um, I, I Jets-Lions is a good Jets game. Lions is a good game. Um, Tennessee and Chargers will be a good game. That's, that's a good game. You're up to four now, right? You said there's only the, two. You just named four. No, I said a few. I didn't say two. I said a few. Right. I said a few. Okay, right, but I'm just saying there's a lot of good um, that's games it. this week. That's really it. The Tennessee, L.A., Jets and Lions, and uh, the Miami and Buffalo. That's it. That's it. I don't think there's any other good games. Don't tell me Baltimore. It'll be a close game. But that will be a boring Arizona, game. Arizona-Denver will be a competitive game. Are you kidding me? You gonna sit and watch I, that game? I said, <laughs> Jeff, I sit and watch David that Collins game. Finally, get something. Are you really way? gonna sit and watch that game? And Ripken and Colt Davis McCoy? Are you kidding me? Jeff needs. I love watching. Jeff needs more data to back up his uh, his his paper he's writing on how he gets screwed by the refs. David Collins screwed I by the refs. Hold I on, wouldn't be on, caught dead on, watching that game. Jeff, I agree with fun. you. <laughs> Did either of those balls he caught touch the ground? No, I, I, I agree with you. I, I'm not saying you're but wrong. But this has nothing to do. You're going to sit and watch that game. Colt McCoy versus Ripken in Denver. Are you kidding me? There's. A, I'd rather watch girls volleyball than watch that. Okay? I would rather watch that over a lot of things. <laughs> well, are you going to bet on it? Yeah, oh, dude, Pepperdine, amazing. You, you might have to, you might have to reach out to Derek. Derek is a, is a guy that does that for a living. I've been doing very well this year. I know you're a college guy. Very well. But betting year. on, but betting on on women's volleyball is that what I? Heard? No, 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 no. <laughs> because I heard Pepperdine, and okay, so I, okay. <laughs> yeah, Pepperdine's got a terrific women's volleyball team. There's been some good women's volleyball matches lately. <laughs> 
See you. I would watch that over. I would watch that over Broncos Cardinals. Oh, all right. Put that on the record. There you go. So he's giving you the seal of approval, Jeff. Don't yes. tell your girl right. that, Derek. Don't tell your girl that. No, but, oh, no. Ask him what he thinks about Zayvon Collins. <laughs> all right. The mind-blowing question: What do you think about Zayvon Collins as a player? Um, it was the second linebacker in a row that Steve Kime took, and. <laughs> Have we like has have they seen any dividends from either of them? They're both great athletes. Yeah, I mean they're both. I mean I think Isaiah Simmons is playing together a little bit. Um, Zayvon Collins like didn't even play his rookie year that much. If I'm, it was more Jordan Hicks. No. Mm. Yeah, no. Jordan Hicks started that year. Zayvon Collins they rotated between the outside and the inside, and they didn't really have a set spot. But I think he's improved yeah, this I year. Mean, he, and yeah, I mean, he, he was a, he was he he was a superstar at Tulsa. He he exploded his senior year, and then they took him in the top fifteen. I mean, he was. Uh, I, I don't he know. Was, I think he was sixteen, right? He was sixteen. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sixteen. Top yeah. sixteen. Yeah, because um, the Patriots were one. <laughs> they drafted Mac Jones in front of him. Which oh, that's right. By the way, taking an Alabama. By, by the way, Jeff wanted to jump off a bridge when he he's like, I'm done. I'm not watching the Patriots anymore. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, I've been proven correct. Have I not? No. Is that offense unwatchable? I, they don't look good. Okay. But uh, right. Rashawn Stevenson's a good player, man. Right, Ramondre Stevens is a good Ramondre, player, and yeah. they got that kid Pierre Strong, yeah. who's who. Yes. Right, mm-hmm. they, Kevin Harris. Mm-hmm. This is what the Patriots do: they draft a trillion running backs, and they'll find ways to get guys in. Like they just do that all the time. Pierre Anyone Strong can play running back. Pierre Strong was our guy, Shane Hallam's yeah. biggest gem. Yeah, in that draft. Mm-hmm. Right, could be. But you want to know what? Let's recap just for for all the people that laughed last year. Let's let's have a good time with this. Uh, everyone laughed at the Patriots draft last year. Uh-huh. Everyone laughed at uh-huh. it. Everyone was like, worst draft ever. Cole Strong, been very good this year. Marcus Jones, super sub, playing every position possible, playing awesome. Jack Jones, terrific oh, cornerback, right? Go and look at their draft. Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, everyone laughed at their draft. This is this is what's so funny is these muggles are so stupid. They're so quick to to declare draft winners and losers. Top to bottom, Patriots had the best draft in the league last year. I'm surprised. I'm surprised Jack Jones got this good this quickly because I always liked his talent, but I thought he was a little raw. But he's emerged nicely, like right away too. As I don't know about corner. the best. I mean, the, the Jets had a pretty good Jets. Draft. The, the Jets. Are, yeah. bottom, I would put. I would put the, the Jets bottom, on one. Uh, yeah, Elijah Vera Tucker. I mean, they had a pretty good. Wasn't in this draft. No, you're talking about last year. He's talking about this We're year, 2020. Oh, this year it's not even close. Yeah. It's the Jets. It, it's the Jets. Not even close. Top to bottom. Top to bottom, Patriots they got three. They got three superstar. They got like three superstars. Three superstars. They added Clemens, who's going to he's going to start every year now. Uh, Max Jermaine uh, Johnson's a good player. Max is is going to be probably a starting right tackle. I mean, Jermaine Johnson 